What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bridge the Gap. This is the show where we talk to interesting people, such as yourself, Mr. Renee Marshall. My name is Holden. I never thought I was interesting. <laughs> nah, everybody, everybody's interesting. That's the thing. Everybody's interesting. It's just a matter of finding out what's interesting about them. And often, when you go through the story of someone's life, like we do here, we find out tons of a plethora of interesting stuff that people often don't even know about. Usually people, or at least what I've come to learn on this show is that people wildly have crazy stories of stuff that they just never talk about and you would never know about. Like people be hustling comic books at eight years old. Like there's wildly interesting things out there and then we just never hear it. So everybody's kind of interesting, but you're particularly interesting. So that's even better. <clears throat> On that note, um, it's a little different because you're like on the you're not that musical is what I understand. You're not really on the musician front, so zero music. I th I still think we're gonna run through my my opening question and do this in like the same kind of format as if you was a musical person with an understanding that you're not. But before we get into that, can you just kind of briefly introduce? who you are to the world, a little bit what you do right quick because I don't think people know what you do. And then a little like, you know, synopsis. And then just describe where you start your life. Where I start my life. Okay. Like so location-wise. Wow. <laughs> location. Okay. So specifically, where do I start my life? All right, cool. Uh, so my name is Renee Marshall. Um, I'm a financial security advisor with a small little firm here in Montreal, Quebec called the Financial Independence Club. Uh, what I do is on the simple, simple front, uh, basically people's finances, you know, we, we all have our own relationship with money. Uh, most people don't understand how it works and how to make it work with them. So what I do is I take a shot, like a snapshot of their financial life, what it looks like today. Um, and we try to find solutions to get them to where they want, figure out what's going wrong and things like that. Um, I was born here in Montreal, but I was raised up in the middle of nowhere, you know, a little town called St. Hippolyte. Fire. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cause that's perfect. Cause this, the, the opening question is going to go real early. And it's like, I told you, everybody's got interesting stuff. Um, and this, this opening question um, well, it's targeted at musicians. It's it's still basically for everybody. So it starts with my girlfriend, though, and she's washing dishes uh, one time, and she's uh she's got her phone out and she's playing that Black Eyed piece on the I got a feeling. Ooh. She's vibing and she's dancing and she's doing her thing, and I started wondering to myself, when in the fuck did this song become chores music, right? Because if you really think about this song, you run it back like a decade and shit. It's like middle of the night party vibes. It's like the best time of your life. Like everybody's happy when this song comes on. Then like a decade goes by. Everybody gets a little bit older. The song doesn't change at all because it's a song. But all of a sudden it's like now we put it on with workouts and chores. And it's, it's like a song that brings us back to those times while we're doing the mundane and the boring. And it just seems like music kind of evolved a little bit over time with our relationship with it. And then I just started thinking about that with the little ones, like they're running around with their little trap musics and the different things that, you know, the different genres that maybe we don't necessarily inherently draw to due to our age. And they don't know that that is going to end up becoming 
dishes music of their future they just don't know it yet or they don't know that like when i heard pop smoke and i was like that's pretty fire now i'm just turning up the pop smoke and like the shower and like that, that's just what happens to it right? that's where we find it because that's where we're at in life and then um it just got me thinking about life journeys right and if you look at musicians in particular and you, or even most people and you start hearing their life story type things you start to realize everybody kind of starts at this like adolescent era Right. Like it's always like when you start to form your identity that the story seems to start like when you, you know, maybe in, in music land, it's like you, you find your first favorite artist. Or you start writing or you start getting your first passions and hobbies in a more distinct way outside of like the realms of everything else. But then I was realizing that's not really where anybody's story starts. Like you always story always starts at 12 years old, but the story never starts at 12 years old. You know, like it really starts like way back in the beginning times, like stuff that happens in childhood is hella like significant like i can remember being like five years old and stuff inside the, the home and my dad had all these gray boxes in the room right like the the fucking amp the preamp the fucking radio the tape deck and be busting like zeppelin tapes and all kinds of stuff throughout the daytime to be all this like mc mario club mixed up blasting throughout the night times my mom's was on the love songs and the musicals the disney's all these different things right they created these ambiances and vibes and they they kind of influenced me you know outside of my habits my taste everything got kind of changed and shaped by these different experiences that happened way before i had any control over anything in my life and i feel like with music being one of the greatest universal connecting things on earth i was hoping that we could start this off the same we do with everyone else and you could bring us back to being the smallest renee marshall you can remember being and tell us a little bit about what it sounded like to be you growing up and a little bit about the vibes of your home like that so <laughs> my home story those uh if anybody's watching right now if those who are watching in the future like my life story uh I have issues with my beginnings, you know, I, I felt like I was wronged by uh, society and like I wasn't, you know, properly catered to, to be able to master my full potential at this moment, you know, there, you know, so we look back just in, you know, happy times. I grew up in a small house. Um, we moved around a little bit when I was younger, like before the age of six, my memories are a little bit blurry, you know, before grade one. Um, but I grew up in this small house, you know, like it was, it was literally like a shack, you know, like, uh, my mom bought, uh, a place that used to be a chalet. She did some renovations, you know, she basically added a basement that was insulated, but the top was still a shack, you know, and, uh, we didn't have the nicest house, you know, the floors weren't finished, walls weren't finished. It wasn't painted. Uh, there were ceiling tiles, you know, those old school office tiles that you, you see, mm. you know, they had like, uh, like stains in it some were falling out it was it was it was uh, it was a it was a fun time you know uh, think about music my earliest memories of music my mom had this huge record collection like hundreds and hundreds of records and they'd be all along the, the lines of like you know fats domino you know and i hear uh blueberry hill you know i found my thrill it's like mm. every time i i feel good like that song pops in my head it's just just a little smooth like oh. and it's like these are the good moments you know feelings to so go back to your, your music thing I, I think you know a lot of our childhood we were raised with traumas and things happen and there was always a song some somewhere you know radio was always playing people playing you know outside and things like that so it, it's it's kind of normal for us to to link these you know 
musical moments to our feelings and things like that. Facts. And this is like up in the middle of nowhere, Quebec. Was it like hella Quebecois music? Like that's something I'm curious about. Nah, nah. Because we were English, right? So right. Uh, like when I, you know, when I grew up, I was like one of the, I think we were four English kids within a 10 kilometer radius. You know, like I grew up uh, in the campagne, you know, if you ever take a trip up north to St. Severn, things like that, think more woods than that. Like take one of those small little roads and keep driving for like 20 minutes, half an hour away from the city. And it's just like there's a lake, there's some houses, um, there's not much to do. <laughs> and there's like there was one death, you know, with, within like 20 clicks. We had to walk maybe 45 minutes to get there. just to get to the store just to get to a death forget about a store like we did we were lucky we had like a movie store a grocery store and and a death banner and a gas station like that is it so you know right away you have a a small town of maybe like you know ten thousand people that spread over you know hundreds of kilometers and then so then you have like this this really limited population density you know like on my streets like on my streets my like i can count them in my head how many houses there were that's why you know, there was like maybe like there was you know my neighbor one guy up there there's like maybe 20 30 houses in the, in the area so that means there weren't many kids so i was one there was like this guy danny this short little french kid this guy dallas who was like super aggressive and like very uh yeah, very aggressive. He was a bully. Like the first time I met him, he tried to steal my bike. I say no, and he like punched me in the head, and I just like walked away crying. You know, like I don't know how I kept my bike in that time, but you know, like, like there weren't many people. So when things happen, you always know what's going on. Like the parents are very involved. Uh, who was the other kid? There was Eric and this fat That's kid Nicola. You're like who, I like, can like name all the kids because there was all seven. of them. <laughs> Every, every single, literally, that was my life. There were seven kids. So for me, most of my time growing up, I spent alone. You know, I was alone, like, walking through the woods, just, like, looking at trees and, like, jumping off rocks. And, like, this is, this is not just when I was really young. This, like, went all the way until I was about 14. Because when you're 14, you start gaining your independence. You start, you know, doing a, a bit more daring things. You know, I hitchhiked from St. Blake down to St. Mm-hmm. Jerome starting at 14 just to socialize. Because that's when high school happened, you know? Wow, it's, it's like you went to St. Jerome because it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. St. Jerome was my downtown Montreal. Like, As, we would hitchhike. For anybody watching this that's not from Montreal, out of this area, <laughs> I just got to contextualize this. This is like, I live in Montreal, right? So that's huge. And like, St. Jerome is, it's okay, arguably it's got a little bit of a size to it. But to me, it's some like, back-ass town that's like a 45-minute drive up north past civilization. It's like the cusp of civilization before it gets really not civilization. And you're saying that that's the downtown to you? (laughs) Like, literally, St. Jerome was the last, like, the only town, when you're heading up north from Montreal, the only town before you're hitting just wilderness. You know, after that, you know, there was uh, Sever, which is literally like a a 20-minute, half-hour drive from St. Jerome, all right? And Sever was like nothing, like like it was just a skill. <laughs> like there was no malls and things and outlets and things like, it was literally just like I've never really been up that north, right? Like, so like I know what it is from like, okay, I've been to St. Jerome, 
so I know where St. Jerome is. But, like, beyond that, I haven't really gone skiing or done any of that shit, really. So, like, maybe we went fishing when I was a kid, but, like, we never really consciously, like... Fishing, right? Like, like that's that's what you do up north. Like, yeah, literally, fishing. Might, but I don't know what up north meant. My dad used to say we went up north, but in hindsight, I don't really know what up north... It could have been, like, five kilometers north of Laval, where it could have been, like, really up north. Like, I don't know what up north meant. <laughs> Yeah, you have to also think back in those. Yeah, so like, yeah, Saint Jerome was like my downtown. It was like the first city. You know, that's where all of the the you know the, the younger women were. You know, the, the French chicks. Like Saint Jerome was was hot for 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 uh, you know entering into the dating life. But like when you were young, so it was really like there's no hobbies or anything like that because you're just out in the wilderness, just exploring nature and shit. Well. So again, there were like seven kids, right? So uh, I, I think I was part of the bad kids. You know, we used to smoke cigarettes and weed and like drink and, you know. Um, so what we used to do, it would be me and literally the guy who tried to steal my bike. I ended up becoming friends with him because you know, there's fucking nobody else. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> so me, him and another dude, uh, the, one of the other guys, he had uh, like his dad had a, a shalu, you know, like a little... Um, like a little boat that has a little motor on it mm. and like you can put some oars on it. And we used to literally just spend the day just boating around the lake, just drinking, getting high, stopping on islands, you know, and like having little fires. Like that's it. We chilled. Con- like we were just chilling. Did you have the internet? The I know it sounds like a weird question, but like, cause like it could be up North nowhere. You had shit internet while we had good internet. Well, look, I don't, my memories are vague of the internet, you know, because when it uh, when it started, uh, there were some people in my household who just kind of like commandeered the internet system. It was dial-up back then, right? Mm. I don't like. Here's another thing: a lot of people younger than me don't remember dial-up. Like dial-up was a thing. Like that that was a like take like five minutes to load a photo. Like the internet was just like chatting and looking at blogs before. Like, that's it. Yo, you're right. And then the dial-up, if let's say you weren't supposed to be using the computer, you can get caught real quick when they called the house. And then that, because it would like eat your line, right? Like you couldn't use the phone and be on the internet. Or or like, I remember back then we used to download songs. Like it was in the beginning, like, you know, pre-piracy things and all that. It's just like, oh, let's let's go on. years to completion. Uh, imagine I'm like downloading a song or some off game that one of my buddies like told me to download or something like that. And then, you know, my mom goes and picks up the phone to call somebody. It just like breaks your connection too. like there's nothing you can do. It was a, it was a different life like when I was younger. And, and, you know, looking at kids nowadays, it's like this overload of, you know, and access and available to information. Yeah, it's, it's cool. But like, what are they focusing on? Like, it's just like, you have so much at your fingertips now. You have like eight year olds starting online businesses. It's nuts. I feel like I'm just missing out. You know? Yeah. The idea that eight year olds be starting online businesses is kind of serious still, but I, I, yo, cause for me, I wasn't out there playing with trees and, and jumping off rocks and shit. Like that is nothing like my growing up. So even to that end, I'm more like in Saint Luke going to the park here and there but mostly like yo we had video games and TVs but there's just so many people around that it's like yo you find the friends that got the tech and you figure it out you, you get access to yeah. things or like even so like the public the- library you could like get an hour online to go play Habbo Hotel if you wanted to <laughs> <laughs> gotta use that library time you know uh, for us like 
in school we hardly had like internet stuff. We were just outside kids. That's that's the thing. You know, mm-hmm. when you think of like people who live up north versus in the city, because you're right, you're you grew up in Kot Luke. I had my grandmother that lived in Kot Luke, and my mom she used to work a lot, so she would you know bring me to my grandmother's house. Uh, well, she wasn't in Kot Luke, she was in Bilsen Alon. Okay. And you know, she would drop me off at my grandmother's house on the weekends, or I would go to you know some other family members who all lived in Montreal. So when I came here and like, you know, I was just kind of like left to my own devices. Like I was bored here in the city because, you know, you got cars, it's dangerous. Like if you don't know which kids to talk to, right? Like you go to a basketball court, okay? And like, you know, I used to play, you know, some some basketball when I was younger, like soccer, like whatever we learned in high school and elementary school. I, I was young. So, you know, I would bike a lot, bike around, find some kids, try to talk to them. They'd be like, who the hell are you? Like, you know, like... Like, get out of here. Like, you know, can you shoot? Can you do that? No. Uh, okay. So I made some friends, but like, they knew I wasn't from there. And I would show up like once every, you know, couple of weeks, once a month, something like that. So they wouldn't be the same kids around. So I wouldn't be able to develop any relationships here in the city. So that's why, like, for me, the city was just like, whatever. It's like less room for me to bike around, more dangers. There's these weird lights that tell me to stop, like street lights. The street lights weren't a thing for me. Like at all, there, there were no streetlights in, in Saint Spaudet. Like I don't think I, like I think I only knew of streetlights because you know I had one or two years where I was growing up in LaSalle. Like you know I spent grade one I think like, there. There's but, none. Like I'm just trying to process. Like, you know, because like for me this is wild, right? Like normally the conversation never goes to this like area of comparing Northern <laughs> Quebec to Montreal, but just like the because because you know, like you meet country people as I call them, and they'd be, like, wildly different. And, like, Bonnie kind of grew up more in, like, your frame of mind because she was in, what is it, Hudson? Not Hudson, fucking Howick, which is out by, like, fucking the, I don't remember what it's by, uh, Ormstown. Like Ormstown and okay. shit. Yeah. And so it's, like, the middle. But that's, like, farmlands. That's a whole different life. Right. Like, so I, I know a bit like, about that vibe, between, like, and then you're describing this shit, and I'm like, hold up. Yeah. What the fuck no, no, no. is this shit? Because you also we're, probably we're... got more snow and shit too, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> my mom had a hundred and like a hundred and sixty foot driveway, right? By like twenty feet wide, and it used to go up like, 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 <laughs> like, and like there was like this hump, right? So I always had to shovel like before the hump, or else my mom wouldn't be able to get up, and like she would just get stuck, and I would have to deal with it anyway. So, like, I had a lot of responsibilities. You know, I had to bring in firewood. You know, I had to cord firewood and, like, you know, to, to heat the house in the winter or else we'd, like, literally die of, like, freezing to death because the heaters just weren't enough with the, our, our half-insulated shack. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, but, you know, there is a difference between – and even I went to school, high school in uh, Le Chute, and I went to elementary school in Morton Heights. Both 45-minute bus ride, by the way. It's number one. So we had a lot of time to, to chill on the bus. But the shoot was like farm people, you know, a huge difference between people who yeah, are farming, people who like Googling where the fuck live Lachute in the is. woods. Okay, so that's the shoot. Wow, okay, the shoot's near Oka, I think. Anyway, that's fair. Yeah. Damn, that's all far away, land. Northern Quebec is a wildly different place. Like, I don't know anything about it that much. Like, you, you just kind of stops. Okay, so you went to the shoot, and then you said Morin yeah. Heights, which I assume is somewhere over there. And yeah. <laughs> 
So like, it was like 45 minutes. Like I was taking the bus at like seven in the morning. You know, my mom was already gone to work because she worked in Montreal. So she would leave at like 6 a.m. Hold on. How long you did know? your mom have to go to Montreal every day? Like how about, oh, for, like forever. How, how long was her trip? I mean, like to get there. Oh, <laughs> I used to think like when I started the getting, you know, consciousness, I used to start thinking my mom was insane for doing this. Like, and I, I made a conscious choice at that time, you know, seeing the struggles my mom had just to get to and from work right? to like never live far from work at all. And literally whenever I, I worked at a place, I would move closer to that place just to not have to travel because it's, it's just too much. She used to do, I think, like an hour and a half to two hours in the morning. Oh, my word. And that's like regular. When it like snowed and it's like hell, she would leave at like 5, 5.30 just to be able to get there at 8. It was... And I'm like, and and at night, that means it's that, the like, same thing. But that means like you're by yourself then a whole bunch because she'd be gone all oh, the yeah. time. Oh yeah, yeah, all the time. You know, what? I I pretty much raised my sister. You know, she was there with me. Uh, and and like this started when I was like young. It started when I was like 13. You know, so at 13, imagine I was I was you know in charge of you know taking care of the house, uh, bringing in firewood, lighting the fireplace. You know. Uh, shoveling the driveway, like, and if I didn't do these things, I always had this thought in my head that like nobody else is there to do it. You know, like I'm the man of the house. You know, so I gotta take care of this shit, or else we're gonna freeze. You know, it's my fault if we all die, kind of thing. Like I was, I was grazed with a lot of uh, fears. You know, mm. <laughs> I wonder, like, I mean, as much as it's wild, it probably helped you a lot in life with discipline. <laughs> my God, hold it. And, and like this, this is something I've noticed a lot during the pandemic and like pre-pandemic too. like, you know, a lot of friends who went to university and high school and you know, having trouble finding jobs and this, and that. it's like, I never had any of these problems. I would just be like, oh, I need to do this. So I just like figured out a way to do it. It, it made me extremely resilient <clears throat> and like resourceful, you know, so then I can like, just, I'm able to take care of myself. And I was able to do that from like a young age. Right. Um, so at that point though, while you were grinding it out, did you have like dreams and passions of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Like, did you have like this fantasy, like, you know, I want to be a rock star or some shit like that. <clears throat> so what's funny is that when you're in a life with like a lot of stress, you know, like a lot of like, not expect, cause I was a smart kid too, right? I had good grades in school, like, and I didn't have my parents there to help me with, you know, schoolwork and stuff like that. So my parents were always like, look, you need to become like an engineer or like this mad strong math skills. But like, I didn't want that. You know, when I was younger, I liked working with my hands. You know, I like building things that, it, you know, I, I just enjoyed it. And, you know, the guidance from my parents kind of pushed me like away from my dreams or whatever. Like I wanted to solve like in high school, I wanted to be in politics. You know, I wanted to stop this whole French English hate stuff because it affected me directly. You know, like 94, mm. I was eight years old living in this small, like freaking nowhere town. We were an English family, you know, it's a, we a lot of the, so I wanted to like, you know, stop the bullshit, you know, kill the hate. Um, that was high school. When I was younger, I didn't care, man. I didn't have time to think about that shit. I just wanted to like, you know, live and play like whatever day to day. That's fair. I respect that. I mean, being, it must have been hella politicized up there, I guess, if you felt that impassioned to be a politician. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so as you're going through high school, do you get involved in anything? Like, like what is what is so, the evolution? Because now I guess there's girls in Saint Jerome. Yeah. Well, let, let's just stick with the political, like French English stuff. There's this one crucial moment that I remember. You know, and this is uh, what year was it? 2001, 2002, I think like some French shit was starting up again in Quebec. <clears throat> mm. And it was winter. We used to have this restaurant across the street, this little patatrie uh, across from our high school that we would just go and chill and smoke at and things like that because, you know, they wouldn't let us smoke on the school property. And uh, I remember we're all just hanging out and then they're like, let's say maybe two, three hundred people like our high school was two schools attached you know so we had the english side the french side english side had about a thousand students the french side was like three four thousand okay so just imagine that Hold first. Up, there's that many english people up north yeah yeah we we're like maybe 800 like but this is for the whole region you know okay like, <laughs> but still it feels like I don't know. Maybe it's just ignorance on my end, but I'm like, there's still a lot of English people up there. Yeah, but that's 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 sec one to five, right? Right. Like, you know, you're talking about like you know, 100, 150 kids per grade. Yeah, I went to a super house, small high school, like 300 okay. kids in the whole school, like 20 people. Oh wow. Yeah. So like, I mean, that's in the middle of coast. Going to Wager, so like. It's mad different sometimes in the city. Like I know there's giant schools, but yo, you're telling me four thousand kids in a collective school, like, bro, that's like. Oh no, the French, the French high schools are massive. Like compared to the English ones, they're just like. Nah, so like, even, even nine hundred people, a thousand, that's still like to me, that's a big yeah. high school. I know it's not, but then like if you think about it, it's still like all of the area, but still, it's like you know, arguably only three to four times as many French people to English then, which is cool and interesting to think about. <laughs> Yeah. So I remember once we were just like smoking and then like there's like two, three hundred kids from the French side that just like show up across the street. They stayed on the school side and they just start lobbing snowballs, you know, so it turned out to be like a big snowball. And we're about like 30 people on our side, you know, just killing and like there's like 150, 200 on the other side, just like lobbing snowballs. So, you know, I'm staying out, I'm chilling with my buddy, whatever, and, like, we're just watching everything going down. And then there's this kid on our side who, um, you know, he's a, he's a tough guy, you know, like, like never cause fights, but don't, don't fuck with this guy. And we see just one snowball just, like, go and hit him, and, like, everyone on our side just, like, stops, and the dude just bolted, just, like, huge brawl just breaks up. And, like, this used to happen all the time, French-English stuff. You know, so like that, I was just like, you know, this is stupid. Like, let's let's stop this garbage. And I saw it was like in the system. You know, if you have politicians saying like, oh, English is bad, blah blah blah, you're in a French province. Of course, there's going to be a lot of like, you know, English derived hate on that. So I wanted to just like end it. You know, me being from like a Jewish background too, hearing all the stories of the Holocaust and things like that. It's like. You know, you can see the similarities of like, you know, hates on both sides and things like that. It's, it's, we don't need to be divided. We can just, you know, get along. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to deal with Quebec politicians because, I mean, it's 2022. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> There's no way to deal with them. <laughs> I'll, give it to, I'll give it to Legault. He is a better package in terms of smoothing out the edges of the message. You're going to get hated for that statement. <laughs> I'm not saying he spit so, in different rhetoric. 
at the end of the oh, day, I'm, I'm saying he packages it a lot nicer than other people in the past have done it. If, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I, I definitely think we would have seen um, a lot different from what he gave because, you know, you're thrown into an emergency, like garbage situation. Like, how did anybody deal with this? You know, if everyone looks into their own lives and feel like, how did I deal with COVID? It's an embarrassment. Like, like, why did we freak out so much? Things like, like the amount of stresses, the amount of, you know, lobbing snowballs at each you other. You know what? Kind of thing over the it ties yeah. back to that information thing. I was able to Google every influenza, fucking black plague, fucking everything. And, oh, my God, 20% of the world died once upon a time over plague shit. And everyone else yeah. Googled the same shit. We all Googled. <clears throat> and that's a wild impact to Google. Yeah, but so so everybody Googled that, right? And we all have these capabilities. But why is it you're able to Google, you know, the plagues and things like that and realize shit, there were diseases that just wiped out people. This disease seems to be making an effect. I'm going to change the things that I'm doing in order to be preventative or proactive against this this threat that's against us. And yet you have people, you know, literally the, there's this whole freedom convoy, like screaming to relieve the masks and things like that. You know, and I, I don't want to get too much into politics and stuff. Nah, this is like yo, a very heated discussion. I got like a real simple like, answer to that shit. People who know math... And, and, and algebra, like the people who aren't anti-Pythagoras, like the ones who learn Pythagoras, just can understand that like stats have multiple layers better and can like follow science with a different perspective than people who don't understand math. Like if you can calculate ratios in your head immediately, you can do a lot of damage reading the news and not being afraid. But if you actually yeah. can't do math, and I'm not trying to be like a shithead. This is like a real thing I believe in my heart and soul that it turns out Pythagoras was the most important thing high school ever taught me with the irony of all the memes that hate this shit because arguably I can read the news and call bullshit when appropriate. Yeah. And then But there's further levels to that though. They're like, you know, my sister, she started studying for uh, psychology, right? And, you know, she has a research methods class. And I took research methods in yeah, college. That was a but it's great like, it's class. College. I love that. It's college level. You learn how things are, are made. Like, you, you learn oh, how, how news articles are spiked. And even this conversation, you know, uh, you know, people can take snippets of it and say, like, you know, Renee hates these people or Holden hates these people or we believe in that. But it's like, where's your source? Where's your source referencing? And she's telling me about studies, you know, like actual studies that's you know created like laws and things like that and and what's wrong with them you know why <laughs> yeah that's a fair you know, point I, actually because you bring up that like the sejep like if you take social sciences i believe you have to take the quantitative methods research methods yeah. i took advanced quantitative methods and then there was that fucking one where you either write the paper or do an experiment mm -hmm. that shit was the most useful shit i ever took in life yeah, because you get to question your own thesis. <laughs> but you also learn, like, the science of science. Because, you know, science class doesn't really teach you the science of science. Stat class teaches you the science of science. And I think that's a misconception because science is really just the scientific method with testing. But to measure the results requires a real statistical analysis. Honestly, if y'all want to learn some shit, Google Analytics Academy is a great place to go <laughs> learn some basics and shit, like, on the real. But, like, yo, to me, it's like, that's like a basic literacy thing now. 
but it's not being communicated that way because I really don't believe the oh, government it's not even being imposed. Because I think the government would rather go and talk about how protests should be weekend parties where everybody goes home. Because the other side of that shit is the government is misplaced. Yo, I'm not, I'm like as mad at the government as anything else. Because like their attitude is inflaming. They want it to escalate so they can shut down our right to protest. So hold on, hold on. So you're making a statement there. You're making a solid statement that basically the government is colluding in order to make us like weak-minded. And it's mostly I, I say it, and it might just be all Doug Ford. But like Doug Ford literally put out a, a two. Isn't he the guy who did coke? Like, hold on. No, that's his brother. The guy who was it was like, his brother. Oh, that's his brother. Okay, all right. Sorry. Rob Ford I, I don't is that one. Anymore. So Rob Ford is the the former crackhead mayor of Toronto, and okay. that's not a. It's just kind of how it's branded now. It is what it is. I can believe it was a good mayor from what I saw. I don't know, but his reputation's pretty fucking wild. Look, I don't you know. Smoke weed. I've I've done drugs. Look, like, I'm not yo. saying anything other than. I've heard very mixed results on that guy's performance. Uh, and then his brother ends up winning politicians because something happened with some Ontario win lady and nobody liked her. So he kind of came I don't really know enough about Ontario politics, either that. But Doug Ford was honestly on the Internet being like, you guys are not protesting. It's an occupation. You guys like should just come here, make your peace and go home. And at that point, I'm like, bro, that's not how protests work. You don't get to like tell us to right. go home. That's where the government's doing this wrong. They're not saying, here's how to protest correctly. They're trying to redefine protest the way Montreal did. So it's like a four-hour deal and get the fuck out and nothing changes. And that shit is a misplay on the government to okay, me. But hold on. You're, you're stating nothing changes. Like, look, right now they're dropping all respect. No, no. I say right? Montreal protests. Montreal okay. protests yeah. in the way that they're designed where the government can approve them. And you have to have a start and end point. And if it goes past that end point, it's illegal and they shut it down. I'm sorry, but Montreal protests can't create change because it's kind of like they can't be effective. Because in 2012, it was effective and they made it so they can't be effective again. So so remember that whole thing we were talking about Windows and iPhone and the whole thing with control, right? <clears throat> Basically, the government's setting out guidelines to be like, look, if, if you don't want this to turn into an escalated disaster where everybody's like lighting on, you know, lighting fire to things... This is how we're going to do it, right? Speak your piece or whatever. Because <clears throat> legislatively, like a protest doesn't change laws, right? No. It's, 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 it's a vote of the people or, or it's actually all, I don't know what they call it here, but like the cabinet, right? right. I was going to say Congress, but yeah, the cabinet decides all this. You know, there, there's a legislative body that decides this. It's not Trudeau. Like, I don't think Trudeau's here like proposing his own laws. and things. Like he's more of the... The, the what do you call it the compass i guess of, of how to direct things like he's not going to come in and be like now i'm prime minister i'm going to put all my own laws down and things like screw everything else like, yeah, i that's don't fair. feel that's how politics work here no there's definitely like a, 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 a giant legislative office that drafts laws all day and then they debate these laws it's it's super similar to the states i think yeah. where the people draft and, and, laws and, and then they debate them and did you know that these law debates are like live streamed like you can go and sit in on them. You can go and watch them. The thing is, nobody does. You know, so we don't even know what laws are being passed until they're actually passed. And I think that's the biggest issue. We're not involved in our politics at all. And like to me, that's what you do. That's the right way to live if you trust your government, though. You know, so when you don't trust your government, that like everything gets like you know uh, opposed at every step. And I'm not necessarily wanting. 
I don't really believe that the mandates need to be re removed. And I think there are multiple... I think this protest is actually multiple things at once being grouped together and people are cherry picking things to represent the whole group. That's what is I that think. how things always happen? Yeah. <laughs> but I really think that there should be a way that you can be annoying in public to make a point over time because arguably that does actually create change in multiple occasions in history. So yeah, kind of it does. It doesn't create new laws necessarily, but I, I feel already, when uh, made like that. Mr. O'Toole is no longer in office and that's an actual change that is directly influenced by this protest. And so forever, I guess the two MPs who, who uh, left the liberal party too, they're, they're the same boat. So, um, yeah. so it's like, I know for a fact that Aaron O'Toole was a direct response to an interview with the leader of the convoy. Therefore, it created change, whether it's meaningful or not. And thus, it makes Yeah, but me... the changes we removed Aaron O'Toole, right? So what are the things that Aaron O'Toole stood for that... I mean, he was removed, a wishy-washy right? guy to me. But that my point is that regardless, when you write the Wikipedia page about this, it will have that section where that change is created. And that's a real true, thing. True. And so it's I'm just going to point. So I'm not. So if you're in that protest and you see you made a little change, what are you going to do? You're going to run it. And like, yeah. I'm not trying to like, again, I'm just trying to understand it all for me. Right. Because I see the government saying one thing. The, the guys that I know partying in the raves are because it's like, it looks like a rave half the time. <laughs> it really does. It looks like, uh, what do you call it? The, the Burning Man concert or something. It's like a festival. It's like yeah, a it trucker pretty, festival. It looks kind of like. Every year they should do this. Just have a trucker festival in Ottawa. All the streets blocked off. We have trucks and, you know, food trucks and things like that. And Yo, the tax you money you can make on that. <laughs> Right? This is good for Ottawa. Ottawa should jump on this and capitalize. Bro, I don't you know think Ottawa's is? ever had this much attention in like ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, uh, I'm not there. Yeah. I, I'm not dealing with the honk honk, but damn, it's a wild thing. Canada, but you know what's crazy? And like, I don't want to like forever talk about this, but they've done started. Canada has now started two international protest waves in the last 10 years. It took, or because the last one was 2012, but we really did that. Yeah. Now there's literally trucker convoys around the world and shit. And it's like, man, it's a wild thing. It makes it the most convoluted shit I've ever seen where it's like, I don't know who's right or wrong in this, but I'm worried that they're <laughs> going to take away our right to protest. Look, well, look, a point on that. Canada's free, right? To be able to have that many truckers for that long, like literally occupying a city, like it or not, like they are, they are, you know, taking possession of the city. It's a stretch of a term. But it, but. Okay, but like, where, where do you, where do you change the the speech from protest to occupation? Right? Is it a protest because you know people are like you know able to still function in society you know while the protest go is going on? The fuck's occupation by it, definition? Because the thing that. is, I'm hearing of businesses in Ottawa that can't function. A lot of them shut down. There's like, you know, issues with uh, noise complaints and children's so hospitals. So it's the action, like state, or period of occupying or being occupied by military force. None of it's military, so. You see what I mean? It's like, yeah. to me, there's sensational. Is it like kind of like it? Could you say kind guess, of like an yeah. occupation? I would accept yeah. that. But I feel like. Yeah. Nah, it's not. There are a bunch of you could you could do the military thing and stop it if you wanted to. Like, let's say they were a, a, a concise, unified group, 
right? And, and you're saying the truckers. It's like, mm, the truckers are part of well, it. Well, there's the truckers, like... then there's the artist hippies, then there's the internet crowds, <laughs> then there's the counter-protesters of the internet, then there's the actual government officials, and then there's the media, and then there's the government, and then there's the bystanders. And all of these people are part of it in individual opinions yeah. and groups. And nobody is ever commenting on the wide spectrum of this shit is my only real beef with it all. Mm. So, so, so what would you like to comment on the wide spectrum of this? Then? Like, like you brought up, a, I feel like you touched on something. I'm, I think I'm not seeing what you're seeing. So I mean, share away. I think that inherently I don't really want the mandates gone, but if we talk about the concept of like meaningful discourse, like, there's just this weird thing. I, I feel like back in the day, it was you were allowed to protest, protest and march and do shit. And it feels like this is being vilified. And yes, I don't know that this is the smart choice considering the state of the world and all the things happening international politics wise. And there's that's, this giant that's a whole other conversation. No, but I think <laughs> that like this whole thing is being used to almost distract people from some really other stuff and it's that's conspiracy lines now <laughs> fair but like okay the way the media the media is very pointed in where it focuses people media is awesome at making things interesting for people to look at yes you know like that's in essence that's the media is or i don't maybe know our I, I interests feel... are like different and because it's so it's almost ludicrous rather than serious Yes, and, and I feel that's the problem with this protest, right? Um, their demands or their points weren't clear from the beginning and even now are not. Like, there's a lot of mixed messages of what people are asking for out of this. And I feel the reason is because people are just asking for help and to be heard because everyone's, like, tired of this fucking pandemic that we've been stuck in for two years a lot of people lost a lot of money. A lot of businesses, you know, business owners lost their shirts. They have all these government loans and things like that that they have to pay back. Uh, they have to pay back all that government money? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's like subsidized. It's like you have to pay back some, but like, you know, uh, no interest. It's, it, it's a good deal for businesses who are able to get through the pandemic. But okay. there's a lot of businesses that shouldn't have been open before the pandemic. And and you know which ones, right? Like we see them all the time. These places, and you're like, how the, how the fuck are they making money? Can like, you give an it. example without? I don't know exactly what version of that you mean. There's kind of like, like I don't know if you mean like money laundering crime shit, or if you mean like that. Oh no, that's is, always going to go on. They, they, or they if you mean like that's stuff. a stupid business, and in which case, do you have an example of, of a stupid business? I don't want to like put my face on something like that, but you know, just a <laughs> like general make up a fictional version of what you mean there. <laughs> there's there's like this shoe store, okay, near near my office. Um, I, this is fictional, by the way. Fictional there's no shoe, shoe store, store near my office. There's a fictional. Actually, look, I have a lot of friends in NDG. When I go to NDG, these are the places I see the most because I know how much rents cost. You know, rents in, okay. in some stores are between fifteen hundred and like five grand a month for this like little tiny nothing, right? And you know, you, you have a place that like just opened up like this new little restaurant, right? Now, the ones who've been there forever, they've, they've paid their dues. They have their clientele, like they've built it up. But you have this new place that's selling like fucking, I don't know, cupcakes, right? And, and you, you know, it's just a hype, 
you know it's just a temporary thing because it's trending. I, I think Montaco's like falls into that. You know, these like little hype businesses that they'll mm. just explode everywhere to test locations. And then as time goes on, obviously they'll limit towards their their efficient, you know, business models. And another thing you have to think about, these are all franchises, it's all random business owners taking a shot, thinking, I think people will buy tacos in this area. Like it's I don't know. It's uh too many places, too many businesses, too many restaurants. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't know. I guess I'm not clear on this one. Well, if I'm, a, if I'm understanding correctly, you, with your perspective, look at the bigger picture of the viability of businesses over time. Um, and you, so you see there's, a Montauk location. Shane, and you're like, okay. 90 percent failure rate for all businesses. I, you know what's interesting years. about Montaco is because it's I can comment on this because I don't give a fuck. Um, there's what I call Uber Eats restaurants, and because I live on summer, yeah. like I'm on Summerlet ish, and Summerlet is full of these places that people are kind of high key praising, and I'm like low key going, none of the economics of these places make sense except for Uber Eats, and if it were not for Uber Eats, none of these businesses could charge what they charge and be where they are, but they all do that. Yeah. And so it's completely dependent on delivery services and the fact that most of the clientele will just buy it from anywhere. Lazy. <laughs> well, it's like, cause like, yo, the Montaco, I don't even know where the fuck it is, but bro, when they got the two for one Grinch special, we was on that shit. And frankly, that's what it is. They're in that category of food for me. Like, yo, if it's on special and I can Uber eats it and it's that time of day, cool. But otherwise fuck a Montaco, no offense to them. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things on the, the whole Uber Eats brought to the table, uh, to businesses, which which wasn't a thing before, you know? Like, Uber Eats is, is a very new thing. And again, just like dial-up internet, there's going to be people who don't know a life before Uber Eats, right? Uber Eats was revolutionary. This is where you don't, you can have a delivery service and you don't have to hire delivery drivers, you can have people have access to your food from like all around whatever without having the responsibility of making sure it arrives. It's like this magical thing. Now, problem with Uber Eats is a cost, right? Not only to, you know, uh, to, to create a driver, so to the client, but to the restaurant business as well, because this is a service that Uber Eats is offering the business. So they're taking a cut from the business owner. And, and this is, you know, I'm just going to make one point like that. Uh, I hear a lot of complaints about in the restaurant industry. People doing pickup for Uber Eats, you know, it's like you're going to pick it up. And I understand Uber Eats is a sales resource that makes your life easy to just click on a screen, but like call the restaurant and help them like put some money in their pockets, you know, <laughs> like... You're going to pick it up anyways. Why the fuck are you using Uber Eats? You know, like, I, had, I don't get it. Okay, I had one moment recently that might explain some shit. And this is actually a weird thing to have to admit in public. So I went to um, Bustan in real mm -hmm. life. I hadn't been to a real life restaurant. And I didn't know how to order what I wanted. <laughs> I know this is it's fucking corny, but you're like looking at the menu and you're like, wait, where's the... And it's not like the Uber Eats. And then you're so – because Uber Eats is mad custom too now, right? You're like, bro, put the this and the that. And you don't have to – you can just save it. And you just – it's just easy. Suggested for you. And then like you now I'm in real life and I'm trying to explain to man's what I want. And honestly, the order wasn't even exactly it. It was off. It wasn't exactly what I would have gotten from Uber Eats. And it was hard to communicate with the restaurant man and like – that was a, when, that when, happened like two weeks ago, bro. So this isn't even like a so, long so, time. It was just like I met. So, 
so let me ask you one thing. When you were there, right, and you're in that moment that you don't know what to order, did you take the time to take out your Uber Eats app and, like, look at the, like, the order that nah, you usually I could, order? No, I could do it in my head. I was trying to explain to him the Uber Eats order, and he couldn't understand me because this wasn't Uber Eats, and the options on Uber Eats didn't match exactly the options on the menu. They were different. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know there was like different. Uh, I, I knew they they changed the pricing, but I didn't think they changed the menu. Well, itself. it's like stuff that like, was... and it's wild. It's the fucking chicken poutine at Bustan, right? It's mad easy, but then it wasn't exactly a chicken poutine. It was a mixed poutine. I didn't want a mixed poutine. I just want to. So like, give me the fucking chicken. Just leave the shawarma. So bro. I was trying to explain <laughs> it to him, and I was just like. I'm not going to pretend I was sober and it was easy for him to understand me, but it was really hard for me to explain it. And I realized in that moment, yo, it's actually hard to order food and Uber because I hated calling food before. I used to loathe ordering food over the phone. It was like, I'm one of those people. And so like, you have anxiety. No, I just hate fucking trying to explain the specific nuances of fucking food choices to people because everyone's like, "Uh uh-huh, and then you have to confirm it, then you have to triple check it, and then it's like, you're like, okay, I'm on the first burger, hold the tomatoes, and then, yo, Uber Eats makes that part of it mad easy. Yes. So yes, easy. You're a complicated person. Oh, I am. Who, who, and usually the people <laughs> I eat with is. Why you so complicated, man? Like, what's wrong with you? Still? I have my own neurotic traumas from childhood, bro. <laughs> I be dealing. I try hard. No, I broaden my horizons. But, man, I don't like no onions and pickles and shit. I don't want that on my fucking crap. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking pickled chips. Fuck you. <laughs> like, it's facts, though. Right, I, I get it. I get it. No, if, if you're complicated, right, if you're complicated. And I am complicated. The premium, get the, like, look, I do taxes, right? I, I do taxes for the, or what I am as a financial security advisor, right? People's fucking shit is complicated. Like, money is complicated. It's not simple, right? So, you know, you need help. Uber is that help for food, right? It, it gets you that, what you nah, need but to pay I have, My beef with Uber is that, because, yo, I... As I say this, I don't really like Uber Eats, and I would suffer to order food more complicatedly if I was given the choice, but nearly every restaurant that I want to order from no longer has a phone number I can call, which is problematic to me. Or like the restaurant won't deliver to me because I'm out of range now unless I use Uber Eats and things like that, so the dynamic change. But like something I was complaining about like four or five years ago is how Uber Eats just raised the price of food in delivery land so drastically that it went up mm-hmm. easily 30, 40% in the course of five years. And everyone just accepted Oh, I, I can it. tell you for a fact, it went up 30, 40% because Uber charges restaurants, I think like 30%. So of course, in order to reflect that restaurants to be able to make the same money, they just raise the prices. And then it's like, yo, I remember I used to be able to cop crazy food for like $11. <laughs> That's a dream, bro. It's over. It'll never happen again in my life. Not delivery. Yeah, but delivery, I'm saying. Like, you used to be able to get, like, extra yeah. large-ass pizza, fucking thing, ten ninety nine, blah, blah, blah. Well, the was... Domino's thing's still nine ninety nine, no. extra large. No, but... no, 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 it's not. I know all about Domino's. It costs $20 to get a large pizza, bro. Or, sorry, the, the pizza pizza. Hold on. Pizza pizza's trash, though. Let's be fucking real. Hey, I've, I used to eat pizza pizza... Like that used to be my life, like savior. Like, I know. And now, it's now since cool, I discovered, I'm like, silly, I okay, let me rephrase shit. it. There used to be half decent eleven dollar large ass pizzas, not just pizza pizza, where you're like eating it, going, man, but, but, I have to eat Holden, this. There used to be half decent everything. 
Oh, they're still good chicken, furniture bro. now. You can find good look, chicken. Look at furniture, man. Like, I, I know you probably haven't, like, went furniture shopping or whatever, but, like, Fuck to get no. <laughs> quality furniture, man. Like, you can't go to Ikea. Like, not to talk against Ikea, but Ikea has a certain quality. No, spit okay? that real it's... shit, though. This is good <laughs> advice for everybody. Like, look, you go to Ikea because it's cheap. It's going to do the job. But you're not looking at fucking ultra-comfortable couches. Or this and these things aren't made to last. It's made with, like, pressed wood with, like, freaking, like, these metal bolts that they literally drill, put inside, and you screw something into that. If that comes loose because it's glue, which one day it will, your table's done. Like, it's fit. And we've all seen this with fucking Ikea furniture. You know, like, after time, it gets a bit wiggly. You screw the things up so much, and then uh, at one point, it just pops out or cracks or, you know, it's not, uh, it's Ikea, man. You're, you're, you're going there because it's cheap. And, and this is something I've noticed a lot with buyers, and I've been testing it myself with my business. Um, people run for price, you know. If, if you have, and, and this is where Amazon, like, really, you know, shows that, or, you know, you go to Amazon, you're looking for headphones, right? A lot of people, yes, there's a quality argument, but a lot of people will, for the first time they're ordering, will go with price 100%. They're buying those $2 shits, whatever. Then they're going to realize it's trash, and then they're going to buy something a bit better. And, then, and it's like this rotation. There's no research in these things. It's just like, how can I get away with spending the least amount? Click. You know? Mm. That's true. And, and this is where uh, the DoorDash comes in versus Yo, Uber, right? Can I, can I give a little defense to the researching? It takes a hard amount of effort to research any of these individual products because, frankly, all the review sites are not good. Because, you have to ask friends. But, yo, like, let's say you're in the headphone game particularly. Like, it took me, <clears throat> what, two, three months to find – or not that long. Three weeks. I'll say three weeks to find my requirements because i had requirements for my headphones i had to figure out shit that had less like bleed when i'm recording music but still anyway a bunch of shit like that okay and it took me but for... that's but that's a specialized no product, but then it right? made me like, like no it's not even it's 160 bucks it's actually no, no 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 but but it's it's a specialized product because you do music recording you need something the average person is not but you. then it got hey, me but is... then it got me into like headphone research which is the same headphone research everyone i then i'm looking at all the same dumbass terms and i don't know what open back and close back is and you have to go down this rabbit hole just to fucking understand half the shit and then it's yeah. like, bro, it's headphones. And then a lot of rabbit holes are lies. Too. And let's be real. Like, it's like <laughs> headphones, right? Like, frankly, yo, chances are the $80 headphones will be all right. Chances yeah. are. <laughs> and, and I see this a lot in the financial industry. You know, people come to me and they're like, Renee, you know, like, I need the best investment. Like, that, that fucking means nothing. There is no best investments. Like, like woof. What, what are you trying to do? You know, like uh, if you're trying to live, well, the best investment's a house because you're gonna have a house to live in. You know, like 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 if if you want to make the most money, well, what are you willing to risk, right? And and that's the real question when it comes to like looking at how to to manage your shit. Like, it, there's there's no best anything. It's the best for you at this moment right now today. Because those mm. headphones might be the best for you right now. But if you want to go jogging, Holden, I'm sorry. They're not the best. No, nah, they're headphones. not. Upon exactly. which, I got the next. 
I fucking headphones and computer monitors are two things I have had to research recently for that kind of shit. But no, now I got like the little earbuds because I caved and the whole world's on the wireless earbuds because let's be fucking real, wireless earbuds are kind of bomb and you can go jogging. I like my, uh, you know, like flats. I didn't even buy them. My girlfriend <laughs> got them for me. Ah, I'm see, s- that's the truth. I'm sold. I think though. that's where most consumerism is. It's not people buying shit for themselves. It's people who buy shit for other well, here's people. Here's the thing. I, I, she got, I got her them too. Like it's weird. Like because I got her headphones and shit. Because again, it was one of the few topics I cared a lot about in life. It was really. Are you easy. guys jogging together now? No, but she had shit headphones and it bothered me. So I had to get her proper headphones. I'm okay. like, get the fuck out of here. You can't be listening to music like it's trash. You need proper. And then she still uses shit headphones when she wants. But like she has the choice now. She got bomb ass fucking. Or no, I think she got her earbuds actually with her phone i might be wrong that may have came with her phone i know i got her other headphones though so then she got on that wireless life and then she's sitting there doing dishes and can't hear me and shit and so you start to see the habits of other people and that's when you kind of go oh say word and then you see every airpod motherfucker with their little fucking white shits and you're like why is everyone doing this there has to be something more than status if everybody be doing this right oh no people just like look at the music man when i used to go to dawson like when we were riding the train, I'd be listening to music the whole ride because it's you're, or else you're but just. But then hearing, it's like I realized I started caring about my haircut and my hair, and this stopped being practical for the bus. I'm like, oh, say word, motherfuckers just care about their haircuts. <laughs> that's why they get the the air. That's what it is. No, I think it's. Uh, I think it's a part of it. What is it? Air, AirPods. I don't know. I, I didn't get in the whole like. I, I almost did. You know, I looked into it, but I'm like, I looked at the price and things like that. And I'm like, apparently they're actually fucking headphones. It, you know, <laughs> like it's fucking headphones. Like what? I don't even listen to music nowadays. Like what do I need headphones for? Like whatever. Yeah. You know, so now when I want to listen to music, I have a freaking, I, I have my Bluetooth speaker. And I jam even for like shit, shit like, like this, that. bro, AirPods are always crispy. There's like a lot of value in them. Like, they're, like, surprisingly yeah. powerful tools where I have nothing bad to say about their price. Like, Apple created a product worth what they charge. Yes, absolutely. I absolutely agree. Look, I rock an iPhone. I want to get an iPhone, but not this gen because my Galaxy S10 is still too good to justify that. <laughs> I'm rocking an iPhone 7. <laughs> I, you need a new I'm camera. I'm in the past. Bro. bro, you just need a new camera. That's why you need Oh, no, a new this phone. is my laptop. No, I mean for your phone. That's the only... Oh. That's why you get the new phone, honestly, because then you can become like uh, you can just create content here's, wherever you at. So, so, so here's here's the thing with cameras, and and I I really paid attention to this evolution because you know I, I grew up in the woods, I like nature, I like taking pictures of shit. I don't, but like I just you know I have my sister used to and whatever, and she used to she bought like herself you know one of those Nikon's. You know I dated some girls in the past who had like the nice you know fancy Nikon's and things like that. I don't know. Those compared to a phone, the phone's always trash, no matter what. Like, and and but nowadays, you know, this this was up until like maybe five years ago. But now, like, you know, you have twelve mega megapixel ca- cameras now. Like, yeah. holy shit, you don't even need a camera anymore. You don't. And I mean, it, I know a lot all. of people do that, say it's weird, but even if you, I don't know if y'all know it, but like Cole Bennett from Lyrical Lemonade is almost trying to prove to you you don't need a camera. You can do it all on your phone and that 80% of the shit that makes it look nice is actually editing, lighting, because you can buy like lenses for your iPhone and shit, particularly yeah, with the yeah, iPhone. Yeah, I saw that. So it's like, yeah, I have gimbals. We already got like, I 
think we have two gimbals in the crib right now for phones. And mm-hmm. like one of them is a tripod gimbal thing. So it's like, yo, you can cop that shit mad cheap. And then it's like, that's, that's why I would encourage people to at least get a phone that has a good camera. Because honestly, especially if you're any kind of influencer, knowledge person, yo, you want the ability to pull out your phone in a nice location and film a video and not have to worry because you have that tool. See, that's the key words though. If you're an influencer, if you're a person of knowledge. Most people don't fall into that. Nah, most people the majority of phone sales. Most people are in niche specialties that we don't care about. I'm sorry, but if you into mushrooms and shit and you be filming mushroom TikToks, yo, that's fire. Go do your thing. And when you really get into social media, most people are just niche specialists. Like half these girls are actually like in the makeup game. And like a lot of things like that are actually specialties and wisdom. And it's just not shit I care about. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I, I guess in like a, a niche business online world and like, you know, that that's if you're chasing internet money, right? Because there's still there's still other jobs. Like I, I know a lot of people focus on internet money, like this magical thing that's going to solve everyone's problem. I'm just going to make a YouTube channel, make millions of dollars. Like it's a lot harder than that. I've seen people go through the internet uh, model like many times and that's that's a scary fucking beast like you know, holy shit. you know why people like, be like that though it's because when you go to your day job now that's all they're doing everybody be like dipping out of rick and mortar brick and mortar rick and mortar <laughs> brick and mortar and i'm not yeah. like playing like i work in a company that is essentially a giant internet store like what okay we have a lot of departments and shit and I've just been watching the transition of retail to internet economy for like the last whatever. And facts is, is like a lot of people doing it are, they might be bad at it, but like arguably it's a legitimate use case to have a good phone on hand. Sure. That's all I was saying. I wasn't arguing against that. I don't know. Trying to convince me to buy a new phone. Yeah, absolutely. Guy. I want <laughs> you to buy a new phone so you can get on fucking TikTok proper and be fucking, yo, my name's Renee oh, Marshall. I'll like, be fucking spitting my money shit at you. Here's, here's, okay. <laughs> Knowledge here's, here's games. Time, right? Time is a big thing. And the older you get, the more you realize how little or how much or what value 24 hours in a day is. That's right? facts. You know, and, and, and I compare myself to my peers. I'm a grinder, right? Like I fucking, I'll, I'll, I'll do the work to get the money to get, like, if I see, you know, if you want to talk about my beginnings or whatever, uh, this industry, you know, like if, if you want to hear about my whole I do like, want to hear work about story, it. I just also I like the tangents, this was just like, let it, you let it flow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you and I, we could tangent all fucking day, man. <laughs> like, Bro, everything in my opinion we say is hot shit for me, at least. So this is good. So I find, I find there's like things need to change in, in the work industries. Like people working in call centers, they haven't been happy for, you know, decades now. You know, like literally, like we've been hearing about Did you start in a call, call center? Not zero. I, I've never actually had a call center job. I like, I never lived that life. Like, you know, just day in. I had two jobs that were very close, but they were like small businesses. You know, like one had maybe 20 employees. The other one had like eight. And I was like, you know, order entry uh, consultant, whatever for like, you know, distributors. So I wasn't even dealing with like retail people. I was dealing with B2B. Right. So like, 
and and even the other call center business was always like I, I did B2B. I never did like call center person the client like that. Just I don't even know how to do that. B2B everybody in case y'all don't know. You know, sometimes we got because that's a jargon alert <laughs> in my head. Is business oh, to business. Um, it's when you basically company to company, and it's super different. Everybody's chill on B two B calls. Everybody's like, "Bro, really I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here." But this is our jobs, and it's a whole different. I love B two B calls. They're really actually kind of fun. B two C is you when you're calling up the fucking whatever, and you mad. That's B two C. It's the end user consumer shit. Business to business, I love because the thing when you're dealing with a business, everyone just wants to get their shit done. You know, mm. it's like if I need this this fucking tool to go and do a job tomorrow, like I need it today. So I'm dealing with the logistics. I'm dealing like let's let's make this possible for you. When you're dealing with a client, like retail. <laughs> it's like, hi, I need a new uh, battery for my vape. It's like fuck you in your fucking vape battery. You can go to Best Buy. Like you know what the hell are you doing calling here? Like. I don't know. It's 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 a lot of headaches, a lot of entitlement. I do Uber Eats for fun, okay? Yesterday, let me tell you a story. Yesterday, I went and did uh, my first, it was an Apple delivery. I was like, what the fuck is Apple doing on Uber Eats? I had to pick up this, like, laptop from Carrefour Laval, bring it all the way the fuck downtown. It was paying good money, so I'm like, all right, whatever. This will be fun. New adventure. I get there. The lady wasn't there. Now, this is an Apple laptop. I'm sure it was like a fucking MacBook Pro or some shit. And she wasn't there. It was a security guard. And she, so I call her and she's like, yeah, you leave with the security guard. Now, on the Uber app, it's signature, you know, her name. There's no way for me to fucking change it, put like this other guy signed or whatever. So I'm like, okay, what do I do in this case? I call Uber Eats and I'm like, hey, you know, this is the situation, whatever. And he's like, no, 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 you need her to sign. Because it's Apple's liability if, you know, the, the laptop doesn't make it. It's, it's Uber Eats liability, right? There's all these, like, legal shit in the background. So I'm like, look, are you coming here? No, I won't be here. I'm like, look, sorry, but I have to bring it back, you know. So I called Uber again. I'm like, look, uh, send me back with it, whatever. <clears throat> I leave. She calls and she starts giving me shit. Like, this is unacceptable. It's going to be in a locked room and blah, 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 blah. And, like. I don't even fucking work for like I'm not a call center representative or whatever. I'm like I'm like look, mom, call Uber. Like it's not my problem. But like those are the type of and she's like that. This is unacceptable. This this this. I'm like look, did you notify Apple that somebody else will be signing for you? No. Okay. Did you say? And the worst is I try to make exceptions. When I first showed up, I went to the security guard and I'm like, look, can you just write on a paper that you're signing for this person? He's like, no. And I'm like, okay. Goodbye then. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, fuck. But people, I, I, I feel people with customer service because they paid some money. They're just so like, like I deserve reparations and I deserve it now. My first job, I worked in a restaurant, and this is like a restaurant in Saint Jerome, but fuck, like small town nowhere. The mall, like the one in the mall. Waitresses are like forty years old. Uh, you know, forty-five, fifty. Like small place. My boss, he was from Greece. If people weren't happy, he literally told them to fuck off. You <laughs> like, like get the fuck out of here. And and that's the way business was back then, up until like this whole protection consumatar and stuff. So things started shifting. But now people are just like Hold fucking up. complaining about anything. So because of the law, uh, business owners can't legally tell clients to fuck off. Well, yeah. If if you. 
if you literally buy something and, and you, you, there's a huge return policy nowadays, you know, like we have the 30 day minimum, some stores like 90, things like that. Uh, but essentially a, a service, if you didn't get the service that you paid for, you can bring them to court. You know, you, you can get fined, you can get sued, or, you know, like they, they pay money for that shit. Mm. Now, let's think of it. <clears throat> you order something, sense. they don't deliver. You can complain. We have the right to complain now. And it's great because we're way protected as uh, consumers, but it hurts businesses, you know, big time. Because a, so they in have a to sense, though, you can say it's like ingrained into our culture to complain because like how no, and it's like a lot of laws. Like, yo, if y'all don't even know this one, let's say you come across a, a item in a store, right? And <laughs> you, you come up to the cash and you saw a number on sale or whatever, whatever. And when they scan the number that wasn't registered, you get $10 off. And if it's less than $10, or, it's free. And I have, and I've tested it. Like they, and you just quote this law and every cashier slash person, here's the thing. You find out about it when you're a cashier. Okay. You don't find out about this law. <laughs> I used to work at the video store uh, and at the video store, like sometimes we'd fuck up, right? Like we'd be running this shit. If like you didn't put the sticker on right or it didn't get updated. And you find, like, these people be like, test my gangster. You really want to be the employee? You really want your name on that shit? And I'm like, no, you can have this for free. My manager is going to deal with that shit. That's not my problem. Yeah. And then you test well, it yourself. And it works. I've gotten free food a few times. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a story on that. This is back uh, in Dawson. So I think uh, 2005 to 2009. In fact, we're talking about 10, 12 years ago. So remember, there was a store called Zeller's. Ah, remember Zeller's? Great store. Okay. Wonderful store. So there store. was a Zeller's. I love Zeller's. I hate that they're gone. Anyways, Atwater one so too? They used to... That was a good Zeller's. Yeah. Which one? Atwater. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Atwater. So Atwater Zeller's. We used to go to Dawson. And I was with some buddies. And one of them goes in and comes out. And he's like, yo they had a sale for they had a, like somebody printed a sticker for popcorn machines literally fucking popcorn machines and i think it was supposed to be 39.99 or something like that but it put it as like 9.99 or like some some stupid price it was the wrong price but it was under 10 bucks so my buddy and like he got all of us. I didn't join in on this because I'm like, I don't need a fucking popcorn machine. But he literally got like, there were like four or five guys who went in and they bought like five, six fucking popcorn machines each. Went to the cash and the cashier is like, okay, you know, scanning is like, oh, wrong price. You got to give it to us for free. And the manager seeing this going down and he starts losing his shit. He's like, no, 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 fuck it. Like, no, like, like you can't. And they fought it and they got away with like fucking 20 popcorn machines for free. Like, you know, it's such a wild story. I don't know what you want to do with them, but like, run it. And, and, no, but it's like situations like this make me uh, upset with humanity a bit, you know, because it's like, look, there's an honest mistake. There's a difference between being, you know, uh, what's it called? Like getting compensation for it versus taking advantage of a situation. And I find a lot of people now always head towards that second route. Like, how can I squeeze this to the very last fucking drop? You know, and, and we see this a lot in sales industries, like how they deal with clients, uh, employers, how they deal with employees. You know, there's a reason why we have the fucking CNESST, 
uh, you know, protecting us and shit because, you know, everyone tries to like drive everything to the limit and like make it dry. There's no balance. It's just, uh, let's use, let's take, let's, let's, oh yeah, they fucked up. Let's, let's fucking give it to them. It's like the business fucked up. They're losing money and you're just going to make them lose more money on purpose. Like, come on, don't be an asshole. Like, like that's, I don't know. That's my life motto. Just, just don't be an asshole. Like the world would be a better place. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, like I'm not going to pretend like I haven't been that person that's really happy to squeeze the situation because we were all teenagers once. Not even. I'm talking adults. My, like if I, I wasn't doing as well as I am now. Like I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. I'm from a position of I'm doing okay with clear plans in my future and shit. It's like, yeah, okay. I don't feel the need to go out there and take. Exactly. But that isn't a forever thing. That was like, yo, most of my life I came from a different vibe where it was more victimized survival shit where it's like, yo, if you left $10 on that table and nobody's seeing shit, you lost your $10. I've definitely been that person a couple of times even. <clears throat> so so the thing that you have to watch out for in anybody listening, you're always being tested. To be clear, you I'm not, not that person anymore. That was just no, 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 a long no, time you might ago. Not, no, no, but that, that $10 thing is a, is a good point. You might be being tested and you might not know you're being tested. And this is the reality of the world. I have friends who specifically will like, set people up in like situations where they can like take that ten dollars off the table to, just to see just to like test the friendship see how much i can trust them i remember back in the day there was a tangerine like you sign somebody up for uh, the account they put a hundred bucks in and they get to, you know everybody gets a hundred bucks for a we all win right so you can remember that yeah it was amazing and i couldn't get people exactly. to sign up so less amazing so <laughs> the thing is is that uh, you have poor people Right, people who really need this money, and they don't have that first hundred dollars to put in the account. So I have a friend who literally went and like gave this these people a hundred bucks to put in the account, so they both get fifty bucks, whatever, and see if they pay him back. Because the loss for you to do that is fifty dollars. Now, if you have like twenty grand in your account, you're good. Whatever, fifty bucks is a good way to test the friendship, you know. And like, and he's like, well, I'll just give them a hundred bucks for Dan. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to fucking do that. He's like, why not? I'm like, well, if they don't pay me back, he's like, well, it's a good, it's a cheap way to, to know if you can trust the person or not. You know, it's like, oh, oh shit. Like, yo. <laughs> if somebody actually gave me a hundred dollars when I opened my Tangerine account because I didn't have the Honda already. And then I gave it back because I'm like, what am I going to see? Do? Like what, you know. Exactly. And like what? And, and you get to see people like what they're, they're going to fuck you over for a hundred dollars. Like what kind of friend is it? Like what kind of person is this? Like, you know, the I kind don't of know. person you need hundred bucks. Is, I'll, the answer is desperate. I'll give it to you. But yo, if you're desperate, talk to me. I'll give it, I'll give man, you a fucking hundred dollars. The truth is, you know? is like, cause I can say again, I used to be down that vibe. I've been that person who used to hit up all the DMs and I taxed out everybody I could borrow. Cause yo, I, I wanted weed. I'm not going to even fucking lie. <laughs> if I did not have weed, <clears throat> Uh, and it was like two days before paycheck. I found fifty dollars every paycheck to get that next sevens. Man, I remember that. But that see that that's that's I see that in finance a lot, a lot. Like that's that I'll do anything for this, you know. And people treat their houses like that. And why? That's why houses are uh, like if you have nothing else, the house will save you because right. you will do anything to fucking keep that house, you know. You'll fucking like grind and just like ah, I need that house. Like I, I don't care. Like I'm gonna do everything for it, mm. everything. And and that that thought process is dangerous because the reality is 
Look, did you need the weed in the first place? I know from your point of view, in nah, that moment that, in time. Nah, straight drug addict shit. Like, wait, what am I going to yeah. say? Yeah. Like, okay. But that's the thing is I have, like, an addictive personality. Over the years, as I got older, I understood it better and blah, blah, blah. Control yourself, grow, maturity. But arguably a large percentage of people probably be dealing with something like that. Of course. And, and that, that is the biggest thing that I noticed. Most people like 99% of people are dealing with shit like big shit like shit they're 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 actively ignoring like constantly like I'm not dealing with this and you know I was one of those people too like you know my parents weren't around I was fucking around you know like I we used to break into like random chalets like on islands and just like crash there and fucking whatever like we, we just whatever you want to watch? Hold on, that's like, like in movies and shit. Like you see people do that shit. In, that's a thing people do. So so we had. I live by a lake, right? And on this lake, there was like I think ten islands, and I think there was one, two, three. There was like five houses. There was this one tiny house, like way at the end, near my friend, near one of my buddies, and we never saw anybody go there because we would keep an eye on the lake. You know where their boats who's going to where you know because we were kids we we're always there all the time and so i remember this one time we had some weed we had some food we had some like soft drinks and shit they're like all right so we walked on the ice like across the lake to the island in the middle of winter we get there get in the chalet light a fire whatever take the weed out nobody has tapes and we're like Oh fuck! Like, what are we gonna do? And we we fucking MacGyvered a bong out of like a PVC pipe, a coffee can, like, and some aluminum foil. Like, it was stupid as fuck. It hardly worked, but like, whatever. We got high and tasted like coffee. <laughs> but you know, we all do stupid things, but we're young. You know, we we like exploring, we test shit. But I remember once um, two of like, uh, anyways, yeah, we did stupid shit. Let's not go down that story. I'm like, That's I mean, because you know, some of the stories are cool. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I'm not really that <laughs> into like the full confession shit, but I'm also like, he's literally describing shit I see in movies. I didn't know that was like a real thing people did. Because yeah. yo, where I'm at, you're not breaking into. Well, okay, y'all might have, but where I'm at in my life. Nobody was breaking in nobody houses, so I never did that shit. Then well, again, I never did the abandoned <laughs> building thing either, and I know a lot of people did. And I kind of like wish I was brave enough to break into abandoned buildings and see cool shit, but I'm just not that brave, I think. But like, here's here's the thing: cool shit, like abandoned houses, is because we were young and like we had nowhere to go, and it's like winter. And back in those days, it was like minus thirty all the time. Everyone's saying winter's harsh now. It's like fuck. It was it was cold back then. It was like a lot. It was like five degrees colder than now. So you know, our parents are home. Where are we gonna go to like do shit? Like I think at some points we were building like fucking igloos or like whatever, <laughs> just like just to chill somewhere to get out of the cold. You know. Hold up. That's wild. Y'all know how to build igloos? <laughs> well, we didn't build an actual igloo, but like you know, we would. Make a makeshift garbage white man's you know. Fair, I respect that. So, like, as far as your like financial career, you did restaurant shit. You did some other stuff. When do you like actually get into the more of the financial industry? 
So my, my career path was interesting because, you know, I only realized what type of impact I wanted to make on the world when I was like 25. I think that's when I was like, I want to make a difference, mm-hmm. you know, because <clears throat> and I think that only hit me because I, I, I knew how to make money. I was lucky enough to work for this company that like paid me like 80K a year. I was like 25. You know, when you're 25 and you have 80K a year, and this is 10 years ago, you know, and like it's, it was a lot of money. And, you know, I was vacations every three months, traveling here, hotels every week, like every weekend, hotels, food, spa, everything. And then when I left that job, like life was just so empty. It was just like, like I made all this money. I had nothing to show for it. Like for what? So I just like realized I lived like in the moment for like a five year period of my life. And I didn't advance anywhere or do anything. So I started trying to like find meaning. Like what, what can I do to give back to this world? Like I used to be very nihilistic. Like there was no point to anything. Didn't give a shit. Like fucking let the world burn. Who cares? Uh, People are sick, whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't care because I was like, Nah, life is pointless. Like, we're, we're all just going to die. I work all this time and I'm just going to fucking have nothing. Like, who cares? You know? So I wanted to help people. But back then, I didn't know what that meant. So I, you know, I went and worked for a gym for a bit. And then I saw, like, oh, you know, people getting healthy. Like, I like motivating people to go to the gym. I was selling gym memberships. That's what I was doing. But in my head, I was, like, helping these people get onto the track of, like, health. and then after that uh i went uh b2b that opened my life to like a whole other like world of what you can do in the world i'm like shit i can serve businesses let's do it there's always like sales garbage like i'm just providing some selling thing to somebody else in my phone then then what happened then i landed into car sales car sales i liked I really enjoyed that, you know, because people are looking for something to make their life better. You know, it's like uh, there's like a little finesse to it. It's like, oh, you know, my car now is shit. I need to change. And I'm bored. Like I need to validate myself with this item because my life isn't enough right now. That's basically what I was getting. And I helped a lot of people. But the problem there that happened is the there was a new uh, manager that came in, you know, a new GM. And he didn't like me. And he wanted to set an example to uh, the other salespeople. So, you know, even though my sales were okay, I wasn't like shit. Yeah, I was going through like a whatever month, but like he just like threw me out. And then again, I was like left with nothing. You know, like all these referrals I've been building up, these networks of people to like see me as like a car guy and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. Like literally, like after that, I took, I think two or three months, I think it was two months of just like staying home and like thinking like, what the fuck do I want in my life? Because I I don't want to like have build this career to then, you know, like it's happened to me in the past before, like, you know, I was, I was working in a restaurant, restaurant closed, you know, we all know businesses closed and we all know things can just like disappear. So I'm like, how can I build something that's going to be sustainable? So I, I literally just chilled for like three months and then I got a, a random job opportunity that's like, oh, come and do some B2B and this and that and like, it'll be easy. And I'm like, okay, 
while I was there, I got a hold one of my friends uh, who I used to work with when I first touched finance because I did finance for one of those like MLM garbage companies for like one year. And I met a guy there, though. I met somebody there. And after not being in the industry for five, six years, I wasn't looking at my own finances at all. Like I was just like, they're just like products that are sitting there. And he called me up and he's like, yo, uh, uh, who's taking care of your money now? And I'm like, no one. Do you want to? He's like, yeah. So we met, we talked, whatever, gave him my stuff. I was working at this lighting company doing B2B and uh, we became friends, you know, and then he started this uh this class and he calls me up and he's like, Renee, you know, I have a financial education class. You want to come and like, just give me some support, whatever, just, just check it out. And I'm like, okay. I show up, <clears throat> he's up there. Like it's, it's like, you know, we had, there was like 20 people in the room. He's up there just talking about how a fucking, you know, like how to make your budget. Like, you know, okay. So you have your rents, you have these expenses. You have like literally like that simple. And, you know, people, and I, and like, I just saw that he was like, like, it was stupid, like, light information, but it's information nobody pays attention to. Nobody thinks of like making their budget. Not many people, like, we all have an idea of how to make a budget, but nobody actually does it because we, we just like live our life. And, and so after the class, I went to him and I'm like, I'm like, yo, how can I give those classes? You know, like, how, and it was, it was a turning point in my life. And I'm like, I'm like, this is the difference I'm going to make. I came from a poor family uh, without, you know, parents that were able to like guide me properly. Uh, and like everything just like clicked. And I'm like, I want to help people. I want to fucking teach people how to like manage their money. So they don't end up like, oh my God, like I, I don't have money and I'm, I'm going to grind for this $50 like weed. And that's like all I have, you know? So it was, it was, it was just, uh, it was just an eye opener for me that like you can actually do things nowadays that actually make somewhat of a difference and it doesn't, and yeah, like the classes for us from a business perspective, it's a loss. It's, it's like straight up, like, you know, it, it's, it's not a, like a total loss, but it's like, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of organization. It's a, it's like you making training YouTube videos or something. You know, you're putting like a lot of effort yeah, into it's this. That's totally not a loss, but I digress. That's a whole other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, well, it's not a loss because what, what I found out is that by doing these things, people need this shit and literally no one's there helping them. So they're just like, Hey, this thing you just talked about, uh, could, could you do that? Like, could you help me get like, you know, these things? It's like, yeah, sure. Here. Like, like that's my whole sales process now. It's just like, like, whatever. Even beyond that, like, I think the education world is about to go in a vastly different direction because nobody give a fuck about a degree no more. It's super weird. I think most of us bypassed it. Okay, not most. A lot of us found ways to bypass degrees. And now there's Mm -hmm. there's so many things there. Like, there's not a degree you can take to replicate the weird ass business model I'm trying to create in my head to combine all of the (laughs) art and business adventure. Because it's just like, yo, it's the the third in W Web three, I think they're calling it, and this shit's wild. So Web three, what's what's Web three? The whole metaverse extension. Okay. The NFTs, the all of this shit. Now, arguably, NFTs in its current manifestation, whatevs. It's weird, but 
obviously the technology is going to go somewhere and do something and it's going to change things. Commerce, the future of commerce, I find is going to be very interesting. I don't know if it's going to pick up now. I feel like there's a lot of um, VR upgrades that have to be done before people can fully adopt it. But yeah, for sure. If we can, if we can replace the internet, like typing and whatever, to to just like, hey, I'm going into something virtual. It's, it's next level. And I remember your video of you walking around and like, you know, the the VR like. Yeah. VR land, it's it's fucking cool, man. It's like, it's totally because here's the thing, like low key, I, I had a meeting with people I can't mention about like throwing an event in VR because like there's no overhead. Def, and that's the def, thing that people and, like. Okay, because people like everybody likes stuff, but when it comes to like the actual logistics, sometimes it's like cool ideas tend to die sometimes because they're really hype and there's a lot of investor money behind it but then when we all realize that it's never going to be as financially viable as anyone wants you watch a lot of things scale down and become sustainable and vr helps avoid some of that shit by a lot of ways it creates just like look i'm not trying to be like the guy that's going to be like his vr is the future of everything and anything and it's going to replace real life because it's not it's going to be like now the people who play call of duty all day might play vr all day and the people that go out and get fucked up are still going to go out and get fucked up like it's the yeah. future is the same well because it's a matter of uh, the issue i see with vr is convenience right how can you just log in anywhere right and, and that's the limitation you have you actually have to do an extra step to get in there but it's also like yeah. you already have to like fucking zoom and shit yeah you have to be that kind of person already like yo it's not gonna be, like it'll be like you go to work and do it in some cases you know be like these weird mainstream applications but i don't really see this future where everybody's tapped in like ready player one and this other bullshit I nah and do I think some people will be? Yeah, but those people well, already the, are sitting in front of their computer exactly. 12 hours a day. Exactly. And so, so after, um, before, what is it, before, after Ready Player One, there was a, I forget it was this documentary, an article, and it, it's about uh, Second Life. I love Second like Life this whole, as a concept. Yeah. Okay, so. so no, describe no, it still. It's not a concept, though. No, it's, it's not like, a concept. It's like a whole... Well, okay, it is, but it's not. Describe what you were going to say. No, Second Life is an actual, like, online world that, like, you know, people go and, like, fucking just live. They, like... Yeah. They, like, go and live. They, like, date. Second Life they, like, you know. is the metaverse. <laughs> yes. Yes. But when I say as a concept, I mean that. It is... Second Life is the, like, example of a concept. Because mm -hmm. it used to be Habbo Hotel, arguably. You could even... What's, what's Habbo Hotel? Like, okay, so when I I'm, like... When I'm, like let's say 14, 15, being hella loser, not getting girls and shit. I am the depressed, lonely person that everyone is afraid of getting addicted to VR. And so I discover Habbo Hotel. And what Habbo Hotel did is, is these little avatars that look corny as fuck. You get a room and you go and hang out in other rooms and you chat with people and you just make friends in Habbo Hotel. So, so this and, is where I see VR like, and uh, honestly, it's just second life, but way shittier and yeah. VR in the way it's manifesting is just second life with shittier graphics, but soon it'll be good graphics. 
And then, because, like, look, we, we're actually looking into the logistics of it. Like, my man Chris Chrome and actually our mutual friend Aurora are, like, the they're looking into the logistics of how to create custom avatars, how to import them into these spaces and shit. And, like, there's a lot of cool stuff in there, but it's really Big just... money in that. It's, Big money. It's because fungible tokens, for the record, are hella valuable. I know. People are wild. You can copy that thing. But yo, look at Fortnite. Motherfuckers be paying hella cash for fungible tokens day in day out. Look at Call of Duty, CS:GO skins, and I think that's Call of Duty. No, that's Counter Strike. Whatever the skins yeah. and shit, that's all fungible. But every shit. game is like that. They're all yeah, fungible. Exactly. Everybody yeah. be like wildly like non-fungible. I'm like, bro, I'm gonna get into the fungible token market and make a fuck ton of money on two dollars, two dollar purchases. The problem is the fungible token market is it's uh, proprietary, right? It's just like you know, Windows is open source and things like. Like you have to create the program that matches somebody else's program. You need to create that. Whereas NFTs. Well, actually, it's more of an asset thing. It's more like you got to create graphic design services that provide a person a file that can be imported into it. So it's really more like that. So it's not that yeah. different than a logo or anything. It's so I actually yeah, see the. But look, look how much money a lot of graphic designers are making now. It's like, like, here's the thing giving value to those things. It doesn't work unless there's a system just like the uh, Actually, the metaverse and like like there's gonna be a lot of like small time graphic designers and people are like connected to social media who are gonna get to take advantage of this i stuff. mean arguably in every field most people are trash and look i don't want to talk shit about graphic designers but if you were to do like a competitive analysis of the number of designers that hit me up the amount of monies that they charge and shit nah be like most graphic designers are in their first two years and you can tell at least yeah. the ones i get hit up on so like you can tell you can tell by the pitch and uh, i hi, like seen you on LinkedIn. versus like professionally i get to work with career graphic designers and the ones who have salaries and shit and they don't do freelance work no more and it's like so so here so here's the thing holden we're talking about people having to you know before needing experience and things like that so how do people who are you know zero graphic designers new to the business and stuff like that how do they step up mentorship bro you go find the elder that's the mistake motherfuckers be making go find an older homeboy graphic designer buy that motherfucker a coffee smoke some blunts with him and have him teach you a bunch of shit watch it's gonna be simple Having a mentor has got to be um, the reason for my, most of my success. You know, I, I don't know if Mark's listening or not, but uh, this guy, man, he, he literally changed my life. Like he, he, he took me, who was like this broken, nihilistic, fucked up guy who didn't believe in nothing, and was like, Renee, you have value. Just do this. And it's like, oh, shit. Like I can actually you know, make a difference. And you know, all of my freakouts now and then, about like how the world is turning and how it's like pointless but I'm you know, you, it, it's 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 important to to have somebody that sets you back on track and is like look i know you're freaking out about this but how important is this thing that you're freaking out about facts you know, just question it. like i got my boss at work last five years he is arguably the best politician i've ever seen because he's snide is he's got like a little snarky but yo he smiles perfect and he's a customer service expert so he knows how to do it and he does it corporate like he he moving up type things and so he he helped a lot like because yo sometimes it's not skill it's politics and emotions and like expectation management and so it's like 
my boss had to listen to me whine and rant and this isn't fair and then at the end of the day i had to learn that you can't fight gravity and once you learn that you can't fight gravity really yeah it's a big lesson it's a good metaphor that somebody threw in my face one time don't fight it. gravity because people fight gravity all the time and even myself you whatever whatever stubborn ass bullshit where you know you're fighting literally forces as powerful as gravity like me trying to tell yeah. people that vr is going to make them a shit ton of money today is ridiculous me saying if you get into it now and acquire the knowledge and you're highly interested you'll be in the five percent of people that make hella cash because you are the specialist then okay there's something there but it took but like you can't just make things cool you can't just like change habits like you kind of have to adapt everything you do to fit the world a little bit. So fighting gravity is when you're just like, fuck everyone else, I'm right, you're wrong, shit. Like, it's just... But not just that. Even, even like, a lot of, like, I meet a lot of people. And a lot of people, you know, and especially from this pandemic, and this is what I saw the most, a lot of people just kind of threw in the towel. And it's like, you know what, this is too hard, it's not what I want, I'm, I'm fuck it. You know, and they kind of like let go and i'm like you know you still have to live and like to live you need to do things so whatever it is that you need to do in order to go out there and do those things that you need to do in order to get the life not even the life that you want even if you don't want anything just to like survive like you have to or else the other choice is death right we see it in nature if you're not moving you're stagnant stagnant full bacteria the fucking it's dead water it's useless no, I agree with that. Uh, my thoughts on a pandemic is it's going to be a, a test in a sense because I feel like we're never going back to this imaginary old world that everyone wants. It's now going to become this, it's this fictionalized future that people are nostalgically craving. And it's like... But what are people craving about? Like what? To just be able to walk around in a mall like normal? I'm, no, I'm it's, it's all cultural <laughs> shit. Honestly, I think it's deeper than like, that. Like, you, you got to understand, old... I've encounter that culture for fucking ever. So COVID was like the best thing in my life. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be that and guy. Yet, and yet during COVID, you were going to like, what, what was it, Gerard Park to like yeah, set up? Bro, like, I did, a, I did so rappings. much shit, like, bro. I found like, so like, many it, opportunities to like make COVID like my bitch in a sense and make my life. My entire life is set for the rest of my life because COVID got so many things to line up with what I was hoping for. It was like, bro, 2019 was me going, yo, work from home and VR is going to be the coolest shit ever. And everybody's like, we can't do work from home, sir. It's not a possibility. <laughs> VR, preposterous. Nobody wants that. And that was my 2019. And then, holy shit, here we are in 2022. And people be like, yo, Holden's the VR guy. And I'm like, oh, say word. <laughs> well, the, the thing with work from home, uh, you are the VR guy. I, I see you. you. You definitely introduced me to like this whole like world that like I, I stopped looking because it's just I'm I'm an old guy now. Like I don't know what the fuck's going on. With, I like, just TikTok love Star Trek, bro. The truth is. I grew up on Star Trek and I saw the holodeck when I'm like seven and it's over. If I can have a holodeck before I die, I will literally do everything in my power to make the holodeck experience something I get to experience before I die. And I don't really care about the ramifications of everything else if there can be a holodeck. Well, okay, hold on. Well, here's a quick solution to that. You know, you just make a hollow deck in the metaverse and you just go in with VR and you have a met like a hollow nah, deck. That's not fully go. it, bro. It's still got to <laughs> get there. But that's that's the next point. That is the next step towards the hollow deck. So it, to me, it's just like giving me what I want. 
well, it's different technologies. I don't think it's like really the next step, but yeah, the oh, holodeck I, I think is more like, of a, it's a, it's a screen replacement, and I don't I don't know no, it's if complete it's complete AR immersiveness. It's not going to be cost efficient, but like a holodeck would be you in a room, and everything around you is happening, and you're just involved in like the video game, and you're in the room. Yeah, that shit, bro. I don't fucking you don't understand like my whole life since i'm like young young that's, that's the thing i desire the most in terms of entertainment experiences but, and it's right, gonna happen probably to after i like, die <laughs> if, if you if you if you learn about like light and how light works and things like that and what would be required to basically like I, I don't i don't know i haven't looked into it in a while but i'm assuming they'd have to like bounce lasers off each other but if you're standing in there that means you're getting laser in the eye so a Protective eyewear is going to be necessary. I'm cool with that. Number one. Bro, I wear glasses. Like, I'm good with that. <laughs> Yo, I don't know. I don't I, care I, about the, the – they'll figure it out. And I know that it's the prostrates, <laughs> but I'm but on like, team like metaverse. You know? I'm into it's like, it. I, I've always, I would love to I, teleport. I, always feel, I, I feel teleportation would solve all the world's problems. Everything. Like food, like like consumers, like every Because if we could just go into like – walk into a wall – and just end up with all our friends, like we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't give a shit about buying things anymore. We just want to go places, you know. But I don't think teleportation is actually uh, a feasible thing physically, you know. And I think holograms might fall into that too. No, like I don't. AR know. tech is pretty I, ridiculous, bro. I've actually seen some shit Microsoft developing where, like, you put these hollow. It's called the hollow lens, I believe. I might be wrong. It's a hollow something. You put it's not the Xbox Connect, but whatever. It's the shit, and it's just the game extends out past your TV and shit, bro. It's fucking fire. They're actually really. Yeah, okay, I gotta look into that. Check it, just in the sense of control. Post the link on this video. <laughs> yeah, man, I have to find that shit after. Do it, do it for your viewers, Holden. You're supposed to be. Prepared. Bonnie, if you remember this shit, remind me after. Uh, but yo, like. I was it. We were in the hip hop museum in the Bronx in November when we were there, and there was this crazy technology they were fucking with. It's sound, so it's not lasers, but it's very similar in control because they're actually similar shits, right? Um, if you stood like here, you heard the sound, and if you walked a foot over here, you did not hear the sound. And I was like, like it wasn't like next level quality, but it like worked as design, bro. It was like an invisible barrier and if you walked into it you heard the sound and you could yeah. it was it was so i think they're but gonna see, you can do that with sound it's just with they, light i'm like, sure they have ways light to, like, needs something to reflect off man like like sound did you take did you do social sciences or, yeah, or like I did, applied or i did social sciences with psychology but i also did a year of science sciences before I, and i do understand what you're saying about light because i like those games where you have to make the light bounce <laughs> um <laughs> no but like sound waves you can like create like sound waves that like here it's double volume and here it's like nothing and here it's like regular and like like you can do that with with sound waves light does it too but in order for us to see, like the problems are eyes. That's that's the issue. We we don't see light waves. If all light. I got to do is wear some goggles, and it's a hollow deck. It's a fair constellation, my guy. Well, yeah, isn't that what the Google Glass was aiming at? Like this, this I feel is technology that's like ten years old. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah, it is what the Google Glass was aiming for. But it's Google, and it's creepy, and it's kind of not exactly it. <laughs> 
No, I mean, like, think so, about so, the practical so applications of the Google on. Glass, right? Like, is there is limits to this. Like, I'm not really going for the free reign of everything, anything. I want, like, video game consoles that are next-level dope in controlled environments. Like, listen, I'm okay with the fucking PS Network being creepy. Everybody in the PS Network's there to play video <laughs> games and shit. Like, it is what it is. But, like, once you're out on the street, right, the, 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 the real threat is, because, you know, I'm, like, fair, is, like, yo, imagine you could Facebook search people through photos and you're just, like, in the bar with, the, you know, it, there's a lot of bad that can come with that, which is why I'm glad they kind of deaded Google Lens as is, because... I don't think we're societally prepared to manage the privacy concerns and mature enough to even deal with that shit as a culture. Well, that, that goes to what we were talking about before with the, you know, people, right? You know, that $10 left on the table, how long will it stay there? Mm. And you see these things online all the time. These guys like, you know, doing, you know, a guy like walks away and like drops his wallet or something just to see people's reactions. Yeah, no, it's a it's a thing. It's I mean, it's a it's a trend. It was bro, a trending videos, thing for a while. The only problem with those videos is arguably eighty to ninety percent of them are, are are staged, but they're meant to exemplify things. But like they're not authentic. Hold on, staged. Hold it. Let's do it in Gerard Park, man. We'll we'll just drop a nah, fake wall and then see what happens. Like I don't know. I've I've seen things like I'm not saying <laughs> that those videos aren't reflections of what would really happen, and arguably they are reflections of the variety you would get. But every one of those videos that I've seen feels staged and pointed and like politicized. Yo, bro, like I've been watching fake breakup videos for some reason or fake. I got oh no, those cheated. are garbage. The new stuff, the new stuff. So it's is, like I, I find there's a problem. But with, then, with, like, and I'm with, saying because it's guys like Joey Salads and the Originators, they would go on podcasts like H3H3 and talk about how fake the industry is, right? So it's like, yeah. You know, but no, because I saw like you can see when they're real or not, and that's the the quality of the video itself. What I've found out, what I've my hypothesis on the internets of things, because I'm not huge internet, uh, is when the thing is shit quality and it's like from far and like you have like a scratchy mic and stuff like that. Shit's usually real. Like that's that's usually like raw deal because everyone can see a fucking cameraman with like you know a. 30 megapixel freaking like video cam you know like nobody's stupid enough to not notice that you know well if you're in but a place like la though that's the thing it's it's you're right but then a lot of these are always in the same cities they're always in the places where it's actually not weird to see a guy walking around with a camera like that that's a you don't see this shit in iowa you don't see this shit but i in, hate you don't see this shit I, in like places yeah. where it would be kind of fucking weird and abstract to see a guy walking around with a camera like that. It's always densely populated you know urban areas. You're probably right. And I hate these fucking fake ass like setup videos. And I'm I not saying all of when them. When I first noticed I want to leave a good 5% room for that's probably something that happened and 95% of them in my perception are fake. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The, the gold digger videos are all pretty much fake. Like. Those, those were good ones. I was like, who the fuck believes this shit? <laughs> it's all kids, actually. It's pretty, it's wild, because it's like, well, if you really want to go there, it's young people. If you're like 12, like, you're not going to have often the skills to discern that this is fake. And if you're 12, you're still on social media. And like, a lot of these That's people, because you know, I like to watch YouTube the the guy version of tea spilling videos on YouTube, okay? The video essay takedowns. The I dug into everything about all the tea this guy spilled 
and I'm gonna tell you all about it videos. And like, yo, a lot of these people, like they know their fan base is 10 years old and they be like wildly like out there doing a lot of shit and you watch it and you're like, this is preposterously bad content. Who could believe? And it's like 10 year olds, bro. It's it's actually just 10 year olds. It's like fucking really weird. Actually. There's so much what, of this. What stuff. happened to PBS man and like Sesame street and shit. Like this is another thing with the internet. The internet fucked us all. Like, I'm sorry. But like when I was 10 years old, man, I'd be watching fucking Scooby-Doo and like Sesame street. And like, I don't know. Like, yeah, they were, they were, they were mildly racist sometimes, but that's, 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 that's the life we lived in back then. These were American shows, you know? I mean, uh, I think publicly funded everything got weird over time. <laughs> Cause like, yo, a lot of that shit, like a lot of Canadian, like, let's get Canadian television. A lot of it is tax funded, you know? So it's like, yo, we as a people have to want to prioritize that shit to make it a thing that's dope. However, yeah. shout out to our government. Just to just <laughs> our government's actually pretty cool about upping the amount of investment they're putting into grants and shit. And like our grant program for artists is pretty lit. So let's just give Canada props where it's due. It does do a, lit, a little bit to stimulate the artist economy. Like shout out Canada and Quebec. Yeah. Quebec's like that too. Here's one thing. Like there's a lot of artists out there, right? Why doesn't anybody focus on the children? Why doesn't anybody care about the children? You know, like, a bunch I of people see, do like, though. No, I want to see good kids show. Like, fuck. Well, I think wow. a lot of people do. Like, but it's just like, yo, I was just here's an example. I was talking to this rapper on Wednesday, uh, and he's from New York. Uh, fuck his name. I'm blanking on his Randy Mason, and Randy Mason yeah. is involved in this uh, program he created, very similar to what you're doing. Only it's to teach kids to express themselves via hip-hop and the core of hip-hop and to give them this extra outlet in life and he just develops courses and he like goes to schools and shit and so they're actually that's pretty cool there's actually this crazy culture of hip-hop education that is highly slept on and ignored why because who the fuck want to listen to education rap for kids when you're a grown-up <laughs> being a grown-up and i'm not like saying go out there and bump it all but like arguably it's kind of like a big thing that nobody cares about but it's it's growing and it gains momentum. and it's not just hip-hop it's like all these after-school programs and shit so usually it's like these people are just on the ground actually <laughs> that's why we never hear True. about it and and this is the thing that there and that's a good point that you brought up i don't i'm not connected to much of media i don't know what's going on in the world today like you know besides some you know random financial stuff i'm i'm so disconnected with like everything where was I going with this? Uh, kids on the people <laughs> on the ground doing charity today. work and changing yeah, hip hop and of, things like that that you don't see. You know, like I'm 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 working with a company that actively tries to help people, and and I know other professionals who are actively trying to help people and like make that difference. But we don't hear about them. Why? Well, I'm not a social media expert. I'm not going to fucking make videos off every time I get a person to like save $10. Like it's, there's privacy issues and shit like that also. So, you know, a lot of my, the things in my work is confidential. Actually, I'd argue so that like, that's part of the problem is that a lot of people who do really good work feel that bragging about good work is really bad. So no, it's not, it's not, it's not about feeling, I, look, I'll talk about my classes no, no, no. all the time. But like, but, People get weird about social media promotion of good shit. We, I'm not, I do a bunch of good shit nobody ever gonna hear about. It's weird to go brag about it. But the other part is that I think some people take it to such an extreme they don't really want to be on social media 
for XYZ reason. And honestly, I find a lot of good people down to the ground fucking running their shit are often the types that be like fucking social media a little bit because they're probably a really busy doing a bunch of shit and it seems like this extra stress and i use the word seems deliberately like an extra stress and layer of blah 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 but arguably it's like if sometimes some of those people were to focus more on like letting the world know they exist it could really create that like snowball effect of cool trends and that's kind of the hard part I have with it. It's like, I hear everyone, but like the evil people be winning like this. The good people got to fight in a battle arena that can compete. Yeah. No, this is true. This is true. And, and then, so a couple of things with that. Look, time, right? You know, time. Time is a fucking thing. You know, like we don't, I was talking about it earlier, 24 hours is a lot, but it's also not a lot. And it depends what day it is. It depends what you got to do. You know, and then there's energy levels that fly into that as well. You know, I'm a guy who has like a lot of energy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelming a lot of times for people, but like, I, so I keep myself busy because I have a lot of energy. I'm always doing shit. It's like, oh, I have like an hour here. Let's go do Uber Eats. Oh, I got some time here. Let's research this. Every morning for like two hours, I'm reading like articles and just like figuring out what the hell is going on and try to make things better. Uh, I think and try to like solve problems. It's like to go in social media and just like be like, hey, guy, like I don't even know what the fuck to say. I don't know what to start mm. with. See, that's where you highlight a guy like me. Because the truth is, that's something I, I really, look, I see it like the a lot of people who fear going on social media constantly look at it from the perspective of a consumer and they they know people who do social media, but they often don't know people who do social media professionally which is a wildly different experience where if you do a shit right, it's like two, three hours a week, you're good. I'd be down to, to, to learn about how much does that cost? Well, see, no, think I, we're running into like half costs. the schedulers are free. It's time. And okay, we'll cost you a new phone, bro. I told you, it's just a new phone. <laughs> no, how much would it cost me to sit down with a guy like you to fucking understand? I mean, I'd do I it for do. like free, but like, in real life, like it would cost money. Like inevitably, yeah, but that's, like that's the reality. I'd holler at you and I've be like, of. "Bro, just get on that shit and break it down for the fun of it," because <laughs> I really get off on that. But I can give you the short version right now, because fuck it. Um, but like, it's all about content planning, and there's a whole bunch of courses you could take. But the fucking short version of it is, you have to plan three months in advance if you're doing it real, real good, so that you know about upcoming shit. You have to know how long it takes you to do everything. And then it's just basic project management. You find a scheduling tool. And now as far as what you post about, that's largely based to things like goals and your missions. So if you want to teach the world, bro, teach the fucking world. You need inspiration, bro. Half of us do shit like read the news, get inspired, and do a little one-minute rant. Some of the TikToks I make, and I don't think they're going to go viral yet, but honestly, some of the A to Z, it's like three and a half minutes. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's more like when you're feeling impassioned and shit, you optimize those moments. Well, and I've, then, I've, I've been doing that a little bit. And then all like, of a I, sudden, I you. you have your targets. You know I need this many posts. Then you do the posts that are really boring and you don't need passion for in a scheduled capacity. And then you flood the rest and you just stockpile. Like It's recommended to have almost 30 TikToks in your drafts before you start posting. 
because then you don't run out. Then you don't feel wow. that same pressure. Then you're constantly stockpiling content. And that's the thing about content is like, yo, when you start a show, you need to have an, or I mean, honestly, a TikTok's a show for the purpose of this, but like, you need to know what like a year of it kind of looks like. So all of my shows are super recurring. I know that I can do this exact format with every guest and the only real logistical details a guest. I never have to recreate the show. So in TikTok land, you come up with your genres of TikToks. You're going to be like, I do this kind, this kind, this kind, this kind. Same thing with reels, same thing with everything. And then you, you just yeah. define it. How do you figure out which ones you want to make? Basic ass market research. So a couple of things in my business. I'm one guy, right? And, and here's where I'm, I'm on the fence with social media because I feel like, yeah, I could create this huge business that gets a bunch of people flooding towards me. That would be a problem because I'm one guy, <laughs> right? I don't have like a, a team of minions that I can just like send work to. Now, if I had it, like some people who I can like, you know, just hand off work to, that's a different so, story. But like if wild. I get 500 clients tomorrow, it's a, it's a major fucking problem. That's a happy problem, problem like, That's what we call yeah, a happy person no, 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 no. problem. Yes, but let's say, look, I like serving people. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, what I'm trying to say I have here 500 is, people floating. I'm sorry, but you just have enough money to hire your boys to help you out. Like it is what it is. You're good. You got that <laughs> money coming and they know it. Um, on the other hand, social media has allowed me to attract the people you're looking for. And it's, you've seen my struggle with this. We have complained. I've heard me in the DMs. Yeah. I stopped. I've heard you. I mean, look at, look at just the, the relationship and partnership I fostered between Chris Crumb and Aurora to figure out VR shit. If you can be public enough, long enough to build trust and collect information, you will find what you're looking for in that regard. Plus, you have to ask for it. A lot of people said, how can yeah. I help you? And it took me forever to answer that question. So you have to know what you want. But fundamentally, it's basically because of my social media presence that people were able to get to know me enough to see some shit about me to decide I want to be on that team. And that's the thing that social yeah. media does. Cause you'll have to tell them, like, yo, even at the park, everybody's fucking drinking and shit. It's like, cool, but you ain't actually forming the relationships you think you're forming. Mm. Bars. I'm not really a pro alcohol person in terms of proper networking. I've never really mixed drinking and business like that. So take that with a grain of salt. But like, half the social environment. You can have like two drinks, but like all the seriousness has to come out before that third drink hits. Like, Whereas I know their drink is uh, building the affinity with a person, getting comfortable. It's like you're programming your brain that this is a good person or something. Yeah. Weird. But like the reality is, is for me, it's never worked out like that. So a lot of the in real life places I'm supposed to go and meet people just end up being drinking and eating. And it's like nobody really want to talk <laughs> shop in these moments. So it's like been really yeah, challenging. Hold, hold that's, but that's, that's always the case. People don't want to do things. But social media, arguably Discord, now I'm part of multiple group chats. There's this weird partnership I ended up with where we don't even know each other, but there's like six brands that are just like, okay, fine. Let's just work together, whatever that means. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Cool. We're friendly. <laughs> um, and I'm saying it because I don't want to be like hyper committed. But you found that online. All right? of it was via social media. Is, Everything was related exactly, to being an influencer. Exactly, because the thing is online, so, so it's, <laughs> it's that extra step, right? When you're doing things online, me when i came to this interview it's like i'm opening my computer i am in 
this interview. I will take whatever Holden throws at me and I will react to it. And like this, this is the give and take that shit. I'm prepared for it. Right. Whereas when you're meeting somebody in person, okay, there's a whole other like field of everything there. And, and people, when they first meet you, they, they do make a decision who you are in those first seven seconds. That's like a real thing. And if, if that, this, if that uh, projection that you gave in, in the immediate was wrong, you're going to literally spend, like, if you don't deal with that in that moment on that day, you're literally going to have to deal with that projection of you for the rest of your life. You know, there's no changing that unless there's like a huge defining point that they can illustrate that you're not that person. So that's where, like, there's so okay, much behavioral so what's crazy about that, that is like a lot of people like to give me advice about my personality because I can be terrible first impressions, bro. That's my entire adult. Did you life. take that as me giving you advice? No, this or is, I, I you said that. something to me recently because when I over apologized or over, because I actually over explained some shit and it was recently you said something to me in the DMs. It wasn't like an attack or anything, but I thought about it and I'm like, nah, I'm just like this. In multiple places in my life, people are like, hold on, this is how you don't piss people off. And I'm like, nah, I'm not worried about that first impression because I'm a motherfucking influencer. You will just see who I am over time. Because I put it out to the world. And I know it's a weird statement, but on a very small scale, I influence some people. Fuck that. I'm a real deal shitty influencer of the worst capacity of success. Smallest tier. But because of yeah. that, like, yo, you just see that year over year, I'm going to be this person. You don't have to like me, mm -hmm. but at least I'm honorable. But the thing is, when you're dealing with people in person, remember that thing of time, how we don't have a lot of when you're in person, there's even less because you're at that park for like, you set an amount of time, I'm going to this park for this. And if it's shitty, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to what you always revert to like that backup plan, you know? Well, so it's like, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to meet up with Holden in the park and like, you know, it's just a chill vibe. It's like, I'm going to get some drinks because it's Saturday and the sun's out. So yeah, we're, we're, we're vibing. I mean, you know? I don't do in person versus online is it's I find maybe I'm just worlds. really weird, but my in-person shit's often super calculated. Like I don't hang out with people randomly, and I'm not willy-nilly. So like if I'm at the park, there's well, a reason. Are are you an introvert, Holden? I don't know. I mean, arguably I'm kind of extroverty, but I mean, I would I don't know. Depends on the vibe. I don't. Okay, I'm not extrovert once I'm comfortable, and I'm very rarely comfortable. So, so hold on. In public. So, so you just said you don't go and hang out with people. Like you don't have friends no, that no, come no. over and chill. Willy and nilly. Willy nilly. Random. It's always pre-assigned. Like when people come over randomly, it's like it fucks my shit up. And I'm like people sometimes now because I'm getting more, I guess, friends and shit in life. So, yo, I'm here now. And then four hours goes by and I'm like, fuck. I mean, it's cool. because got shit to do. But you're like, fuck. Right? Right? Like, so my whole life is like, bro, I have a stream that I'm doing tomorrow morning where I'm going to go over my week and like organize myself. I'm at that point because I'm just like, yo, it's so like so many moving pieces and shit. So it's hard for me to just look at life without purpose. Every relationship almost. And maybe this is bad and I'm trying to figure out life and not be a fucking robot about it but like we're all just trying to figure out life bro but for me like a lot of the in real life circumstances i've gone to like a show it's purpose i'm there for a reason i'm not there to just have fun i'm never there to just have fun it's always got this other reason to be there so so when did that start that thinking process always i just okay well, this I, is okay. something okay, always that i can think back of. to my upbringing hold up Hold up. 
back to my upbringing, that's something I noticed between city people and up north people. Okay. Up north people, com- country people ain't got ain't got a lot of people. So we're we're not overloaded with like thousands of people who live on our streets, right? So we'll take the time and be like, fuck, I haven't seen anybody in a week. I'm going to go see this person. Mm. You know, whereas in the city, people right. are constantly knocking at your door, ringing you up. Yo, let's do this. Let's do that. When I went to college in Dawson, that was like fucking no, but even, changing of my life. Just to like, like throw Jesus. it in though, I wasn't very cool for most of my life. Not a lot of friends. Wasn't invited to a lot of shit. Nah, really? Like, like super big what? loser kid. It's like I was cool. Like, nah, but like a fucking when you're in this, get out of here. Nah, some people have like social lives, and I really didn't. Like, like really yeah. on like that. Do you know how, the end how of, these people identify themselves when they have social lives like that? I don't know, but they're they, not a person. Still. <laughs> it changed a lot like yo because it was never i never connected with people in big parties and shit like it never worked when i was even now like when i go to shows and shit i'm like in a corner until i like whatever i'll dance by myself and if people talk to me i'll take over the room but if literally nobody talks to me i'm cool to keep my mouth shut the whole night somebody has to like initiate that shit in my world and then i'll fucking respond you were uh, raised well nah, <laughs> i think that's what they call it not even <laughs> not even but like so for me it's like i just so see the inter- to be a scene and not heard you know not even well i guess my dad tried that shit i was terrible at it but it's more like it's more the room i don't know how the balance works like when three or four people are talking bro i just shut the fuck up i don't know how to really that's why my interviews are one-on-one mostly because even having yeah. an extra person here it it's harder for me i can do it now with like somebody i'm aligned with but having two guests it's a clusterfuck for me i get really stressed about that shit yeah I've been going through that too over the past. I think that's just becoming an adult, uh, not knowing what to say when there's more people talking and things like that, that, that whole self-confidence thing. Because you're listening to people talking. And even when there's silence, sometimes even now I'm with some friends and we're just like chilling, like we're not saying nothing. And it's, it's, it's not awkward, but it is. And it's like, you're just sitting there and it's like, fuck, what could I say? And it's like, we caught up, we did everything. We're just relaxing. We're just two human beings in the same space, enjoying time together. And that's like literally all that defines us. I find the biggest issue with, with, you know, growing up is that now we're realizing like life is like, whatever. It's like, I'm having this conversation to you. What does it mean? Does it have to mean? And we have to, we're always trying to fucking give meanings to everything and like value our lives because we don't want to be valueless. So we're like stuck in this like brain trap, like in ourselves, but everybody fucking goes through it. Everybody feels that way. Yeah. Um, everybody feels like they shouldn't be talking. And I don't know. Like, well, I that mean, was my little rant on there. <laughs> I kind of get where you're coming from. Um, I just think that like we're in this situation. What's up, Scribble? Scribble just showed up in the chat, so I said, "What's up?" <laughs> but um, what up, Scribble? Yeah, Scribble's <laughs> pretty dope. He's up in LA, does a bunch of like rapidy rap shit. LA, oh, like real. We can ask rap him about the fake shit and the cameras everywhere. Yeah. Yo, Scribble, is there a bunch of fake shit and cameras everywhere? Anyway, oh, yo, Scribble, are people walking around like influencers all the time? And like, are they, do you ever see people doing like fake prank videos and stunt videos and shit? That, cause that came up a bit earlier and you're out there. Let us know, Scribble. That would be cool. Um, that's right. You show up, you might get asked. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, uh, he said he sees it all the time. 
I told you, bro. I told you. It's these cities, man. Like, it's- see, 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 viewers, everybody, life is fake. It's like, no, but it's also, everything you're seeing on social media it's, it's is all not perspectives, real. right? So everything is about perspectives and understanding it. Um, I feel like a lot of us in Montreal, we don't really see it like that. I mean, yo, when you actually see an influencer with a fucking camera, you're like, shit, they got money. <laughs> you, know, you think something like that. No. Oh, I, I was think. at, uh, I went to the uh, Imagine One uh, what, two weeks ago, and there was literally an influencer chick, like in the corner of the room, just fucking filming herself and like doing, and I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, what are you doing here? Like, just... Scribble says he's seen countless <laughs> like, people. I just imagine, like, he's seen countless people taking pics in front of cars that ain't theirs. That's the best. You got my new Ferrari. It's like, fuck. Like, who are you impressing? Like, people leave these, like, wild lives on the internet. And it just makes everyone else feel like they're not succeeding and, you know, missing out and whatever. Yeah, I don't real. know. That's I talk real to shit. real people and, you know, I, 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 I get to see the insides of people's real lives. And um, most of the time, people won't share when shit's fucked up. You know, they're, they're not going to talk about it. They're not going to acknowledge it themselves because it's fucked up. They, you know what the thing is? They feel trapped and they won't ask, bro. I can't say I've met a shit ton of people who'd be wildly different on the internet to real life just in general. But I have met a few of them. And it's like, y'all got to exist in real life. That's the baffling <laughs> part. Like, and then you're going to have to hang out with a bunch of media people and rappers and people? shit. That are also like, you know... It's like, I'm not saying other people can't hide it and can't pull it off. And that some people don't have real versions. And like, to a degree, I don't even give a fuck if you're stunting. I don't personally care. It is whatever to me. However, it's whatever you're doing it for. It's your, your intentions that determine that shit for me. But like, at least just like, how do you, how do you like fucking expect to pull that off once you're like, in real life with everyone that's the part that's baffling to me and then you find out about shit and you just can't ever talk about it because then you fuck your own self over because nobody want to talk to snitches and shit but then you're just stuck with this baffled <laughs> sense of disillusionment with the fact that like you've seen at this point a lot of the behind the scenes of shit and you're like oh wow life is wildly like misrepresented in ways you don't do and then I do my best to just be myself online because I'm terrible at fucking hiding it. So I just try to triple it. But even then, it's polished. It's finessed. If you meet me in real life, I'm a lot less enthusiastic sounding. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It's true. I get in trouble Nah, you're fine. (laughs) But like... I don't know. I I, I haven't found you that different. (laughs) I guess you're a bit more comfortable behind uh, the other side of the screen, but... I don't know. It's more the camera's on, so you behave different when a camera's on. And I've been criticized all year for being flat and not smiling enough, so I have to consider the fact that I'm on Twitch, and to a degree, I have to at least sound like I want to be here. I have to sound like I want to be here. That's the one thing. I agree that sometimes I sound like I don't want to. do you? Yeah, I do. Of course (laughs) I do. I wouldn't do this if I didn't want to be here. But, like, yo, when you do anything a million times, some days you're sitting there like in your soul and you're like yeah and so it's hard it's like a hard thing to do at the pace i I do it and i'm pretty bad that was the hardest thing with every single nah you're all right (laughs) look (laughs) 
You're all right. Nah, I mean, right. no, no, no. Arguably, but, I would uh, rate myself like a C level streamer in terms of skill because I've seen what good looks like and I'm not there. And so I'm just being honest. I'm not like yeah. there, there. Respect. I'm like not even trying that hard to be there. I just like doing this and the overall vibe. And I think it's practical. But, but you know that. But you know that feeling of doing something a million times and not wanting to do it anymore? I, I think that's like most people's lives. And for me, before I became self-employed, like that was my life. Well, besides the super exciting, high-paying job. But, you know, we just fucking settle for like mediocrity and just like hate our lives for it. And then we go and like buy shit to make us feel good. And, you know, it doesn't really work for long. So then we have to buy more shit or buy something bigger and like we try to give ourselves like these shock treatments it's weird i don't know yeah there's no real escaping it other than just like accepting that life is a bit boring and you know you got to kind of like figure out how to get through to the other side i know and the other side's not death i mean like finding a better life <laughs> the thing is is like for me it's about mission and purpose i was always inspired by mm. the great heroes of society and history and everybody has a purpose like look at jonah ark fucking up revolutions and shit look at all these different people they have these missions their whole lives are dedicated to like this purpose and they then achieve things and for me it's like <clears throat> when i started doing youtube even it was to do these album reviews and arguably all i wanted was clout um in the sense of views i knew how to get the algorithm to go in my favor a little bit and for a minute it was working but it got weird for a second on some other shit and then over time though it changed for me and my mission evolved i wanted to be a better artist because i was hearing this crazy amount of new music and it was impacting me and showing me what was actually out there then time went on and i'm like yo i want to do more like bigger shit and it was like now i have this mission that will arguably take me about 20 years easy so you know i want to i want to write a book called the oral history of montreal hip-hop and that'll probably take me 20 30 years and now all of it's good it's gravy bro i'm down i'm happy with it i love the process because once you know what you're doing and your purpose what you're on this planet to figure out and do yo, everything else i'm doing is just building to that moves i make it may not make sense to anybody even but to me it's to get there so i can just pivot i can just be versatile because it's like whatever that's what it is and if that's what i gotta do i'll do it and i think that's what people i get that don't get. that's what all that's those what books saying, say like, too you know like when you read all the fucking business books the secret have a fucking eat, pray, mission love. have a point to your Some life are not giving a fuck <laughs> pick a book they all say the same all fucking shit but you really need to yeah. the thing is that mission is your shit and it could be as mundane as i want to make quilts run that shit quilts is fire i'm not shitting on quilts if you make quilts that's actually pretty cool but like if that's what you want to do make the quilt shop or whatever but like people don't want legacy or something i find and then it makes it hard because if you're not and this is how i perceive the world but like if you're not really trying to create some kind of bigger legacy it really is hard to just be like a pleb i know that if i die a motherfucker's gonna take on where i left off and run that shit forward so it's great for i put the shit yeah. in momentum it's gonna happen because you know my life live on through relationships made and shit and i feel like i can influence and impact things and like ever since that it's like it's over like even scribble being here is wow this dude has worked with rappers that like honestly and arguably i'm fucking jealous he's worked with not in a hater way but like fuck man it's incredible his numbers i wish i could get 
but he wants to hear just to hear me talk the shit with you. You know, like it's wild to me, but you start to realize that there's value in life for just being yourself. And I sucked at every time I was in everything. I can't fit into any groups, so I'm kind of just stuck on the weirdo outcast crowd, which is great because at least you can be yourself. But isn't that a group in itself? Yeah, but at least there's not really isn't like... is that a group too? Yeah, but it's the group of of like I don't fit in so it doesn't really have the same kind of definition but I, I'm, I'm from that group Holden you know that's why we're talking right you know like I'm part of that group of outcasts whatever like like ragtag rando people getting together and just whatever but that's arguably there are a lot of people who want to be themselves yeah. like you you're driven by what yeah, you feel you okay. can you want to do you do like like you're driven by your purpose and it's not my purpose. Oh, having a mission changed my life. Right. Like, you know, mission, talking about missions, mission, like, you know, if you don't have a mission, those are the lost, you're literally lost. You're a lost soul. And that's what, like, I feel religion's trying to solve or, you know, used to try to solve in the past and still technically is. But, and then you have, like, these predatory companies that, like, take people on and be like, join us in this mission. It's like, you have, you have to be careful. And yet you do have to have your own values and understand what those are before getting sucked into something else. Cause it'll mess you up and it'll change your like, you know, thought patterns and you know, you'll live in a distance. I, I remember hmm. back in the day we were That's hearing about these, uh, Cause you said, like, these companies, not going to name them, not going to name them. Hmm? Cause you said, you said other people's missions. I think you need your own mission and then you can go align with other missions. Right? Like, I just want to make that distinction because exactly. I agree with you. Just getting caught up in other people's missions, it's kind of bad for you. It's good for that person. But if you have your own reasons yeah. to be somewhere, you're good. You won't get caught up in some bullshit as easily because you have your reasons for being there. You won't be, you won't be in a situation that you didn't want to be in. Exactly. And you have to see those red flags. You know, like I've, I've worked or I've been places where like, I was like, eh, I'm not, I'm not cool with these things. You know, I'm not cool with the structure. And like, you have to value your values and like understand why, or first ask why it is that you're feeling that way. That's number one, because if it's like past trauma from when you're a kid, like, yeah, you have to get over that shit. But if it's like something that's like, yo, by selling I don't know. Let's let's use uh, like like I used to sell these products, man, and I made a lot of money selling these products. I used to sell like these you know lint rollers that lasted forever, like these knives that you never need to sharpen. I was the fucking guy in the Sears oh. like selling those fucking. So for knives. those knives, like those, I, was, the, I was, I was. Remember, so the knife like, people. I was that in a store. The scissors, the knife people yeah. sell the scissors that they sell in that basic kit is the best weed scissors I have ever used in my life. Just to give them props for that unnamed they are company. They're good products. No, 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 they're good products. Look, we used to sell a knife set for like, I think it was 30 bucks and they were decent knives. You know, they had the, uh, you know, eight steak knives, the chef knife and whatever. They sliced had a lint like roller butter. Just like washed off. Yeah. <laughs> it was they, really they like. Was stupid. It was so stupid. The, the sales process was all awful, but like, Actually, those knives are pretty late. <laughs> oh, no. Holden, the sales process was beautiful. It was a seven. How many was it? I think it was like five or seven steps specifically yeah. that you just like did. It was a, it was, it was a choreographed 
like pitch. I was I managed that company for like two years, and we literally hired actors for this job, people with no sales experience to, to do this because it's it's a it's a it's a crowd sale. It's a show. It's it's not a like. And and the magic behind that that opened my eyes to like behavioral economics and like you know why people buy shit like you get ten people crowded together like you can fucking make them do anything it's scary mm. it's really scary like so I understood that and I'm like I want out like <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this shit like I need to get out of here like I'm not I'm not here to sell fucking plastic pieces that'll just end up in the landfill. Even though the perceived value of this thing, yeah, best, you know, scissors, whatever, it's good. But, like, as humans, we just buy shit all the time know, that we don't need. Like, so I lost why are you buying more scissors when you already have scissors? Because I had those scissors because I was, like, 21 when I got involved with them. And I went through that. I was bad at it, though. <laughs> so, and then I ended up, and then I went to return it, and I couldn't. They left. So, let's say you want it because they said you can bring back mm. your starter kit and get your money. That's just only gonna be yeah. open for the summer, bro. Don't be like me and wait. You're gonna. I went all the way back to the the Cary Square was where the office was at. It was on the third floor. I walked all the way up and they were just gone. And I'm sitting there with my fucking shit and I'm like, that's a big. That was a. I was a hundred and twenty dollar lesson I learned that day. Um, on the other hand, I was left with this wonderful steak knife, these scissors and shit and whatever. And arguably, that was the best steak knife I've ever used. And those scissors were fucking as good as advertised. So I was like, you know, not that so bad. So I, I don't know if the company I worked for was the same as me. But like literally we would show up in a store like a Zeller's, a Canadian mm. Tire, a Sears. It might be a different one. Ten days, two weeks, two weeks. We would show up there. We'd do like an announcement on the PA system. People would show up. I'd do the little show. Everyone would fucking buy it. And that's that's that, you know. But there's like there was like a sales like system and and it like you can pretty much sell anything on those like basics and it's like the basics of sales that was turned into this like pristine pitch that if you do right people are buying no matter mm. what and it was scary as fuck That's but a- they were good products you know like we we're selling like microfibers and like the knives and we didn't sell no 160 dollar shit our things were like 30 bucks right, right, right. so it's i didn't feel too bad <laughs> but like the internet's kind of like that now and it really it is. is like I can't speak on all of it, but Montreal got like the gambling industry is for like mobile devices is like heavy here because of some of the legalities of where the locations can be to run internet casinos. And they have put billions of dollars into doing everything you just described, but like on computers. And so like yeah. those Facebook ads, you know? Like, <laughs> I, you know what my problem with these Facebook guys for games is? I would play half the games they're showing me, but you know if you installed it, it isn't that game. And so, I just see all these weird hate that. number Why games, is this a thing? and I'm like, I would play this game, but I don't trust you right? enough to install it. <laughs> right? Like fucking, I think Hero Wars falls into that, and now the one fished them, and like, I'm like, I'm like, I want it. Like, I downloaded both of these games, like, thinking, like, oh, it's just to be a dude, like, you know, solving some simple puzzle shit. No, like, what it's I, just fucking... No, it's a fucking tower defense garbage. Like, get out of here. I don't want this shit. Like, I want the games where it's, like, numbers and math and you move it around. And, yeah. And it's no, never it's that. Sudoku. 
No, I don't want oh, Sudoku. Oh, I played a. Uh, I played my first Wordle game yesterday. By the way, mm. thanks for. Uh, How do you feel I about Wordle? Wordle Wordle is like a simplified crossword puzzle. I feel it's like crosswords for our generation. Well, it's, it's so hard. <laughs> People who don't read. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. Part of why I was so last minute today, low key, is because the Wordle threw in and Bonnie Bonnie sent me. I lost today's. I, I, I didn't get today. I got it on the sixth one, or for fifth one after staring at it for like five fucking minutes of just cause I feel like I like it because it's kind of reminds me of writing bars it taps into that shit okay. so like I find value in forcing myself to think about words yeah. that, that exercise to me is good and it's got a social well, sure. element and anything that I can attach things that make me get better at life to social elements is also part of my but day job so I'm also practicing my day job but, but the thing is, Holden, the thing with Wordle is it's, there's a mathematical formula to like be able to solve it. Now, I don't know what it is, and I haven't... Like, I, I watched the video it, on like, it, bro. <clears throat> it's more of a process of elimination. It's like playing Sudoku. So actually, by playing Wordle, I actually got back on Sudoku now. Like I'm like, I'm like oh, shit, yeah, Sudoku was hype. Like, I love that. But like, for me, it's the added benefit of thinking about words. That's it. Yeah. That's what I like and it's amazing how many five letter words there are. You don't you don't realize how many five letter words there are and then you're like what has an L and M and you're like shut the fuck up brain and you feel stupid but then you get it. Oh my god, that is one good dopamine hit. Yeah. Yeah, no, yesterday I like my buddy is like, "Oh, Wordle it's this." And like he showed me, you know, like it's on the New York Times that we went to the page. He's like, "You want to do one?" I'm like, "Sure." We did it together. It, and like it was like it was fun you know it's like oh but like i don't know why people are sharing so much it's like why why why, why do we need this much validation it's not like, so much home. validation it's actually why nfts are hot it's be like tribalism and we're all fucking bored at home especially in a place where maybe the curfews are ending but we still don't feel encouraged to go outside and maybe in mid-march when because of politics not even covid they're going to change all the fucking rules so it's like this tribalism well, they already have they, they already like said everything they're changing yeah, in it's march like... but it's to me it's really because they're gonna but they didn't say it's gonna go away they said that it will no longer be lego but the national assembly that will make decisions they they did word it somewhat like that if i'm not mistaken uh, either way the point is like yo we're just like sitting here at home and it's this little five minute thing where we can all comment on each other's fucking facebook and it's all my friends that are online like everybody commenting is somebody i know in real life and we can just geek out over yeah. words for a minute and then everybody's dropping these corny ass puns <laughs> have like the word in it and it's honestly i see nothing wrong with that i think it's pretty oh, healthy no, there's nothing wrong don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong but like but it was the answer I, I to just... why we need to do it is because like hella it's fun okay. like and it's like but, sometimes it's like that's it it's just fun <laughs> yeah but but this just goes to show how much in society that we need to show everyone that we're like part of the community but you that's know, like it's, not it's even like, like it's like back in the day like everybody flying canadian flags it's also know, like back like in that. the day in elementary school when you everyone had assigned roles it's like i don't know about you but there used to be like hall monitors and shit and everybody got to do it like once or like the person who led the people outside at break time and shit like i think it's kind of because yo, like i'm into kind of like shit like the book sapiens or homo deus or like this kind of anthropological look at humanity over time and now nah, we just like that since time yeah some of it's just like being human i think 
and some of it's like oh i think being human is just like how can we like afford to fuck around the most possible by being the least productive possible but being able to survive while doing it like i think that's the human experience we all just want to like like look look right now this is just us talking but technically this is a business that you're creating technically i'm I'm, you know, uh, promoting myself as an advisor, even though I'm probably doing a shitty job of it today. Nah, you do. <laughs> Actually, like, just to like pause for, I hear what you're saying, but nah, be trust. Somebody listens to this, they'll either trust you or they don't. It might even help your case more. You know, it's different. Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm saying like, we, we're all just trying to just chill. Like we're literally just talking like interviews, TV, right? That makes millions of dollars. It's a bunch of people fucking putting on this like random show. You know, it, live interviews. It's like, today, you're an interesting person. Let's see if people can listen to this. Like, well, I, Joe Rogan and his fucking... Like, he got $300 million to be bought by Spotify. Like, where's my $300 million? Arguably, <laughs> if you put 12 years into a podcast and can generate that much hype on how your approach is, then you can have that too. Uh, right, but to me... Step, I guess. But to me, it's like... <laughs> you're... It, I mean, this. I'm not like... It's a business, kind of... But really, like, this is more like advertising for another kind of part of the business to me. So it's business. Sort of. It's, but it's more We're like. Part of hustle culture now. No, it's, but it's more in the vein of it. your education desires than it is in the vein of, like, business. This show's called Bridge the Gap. Everything's about the name. It's got a mission statement and purpose. We're trying to make education and ideas and philosophy more accessible. I would argue that professionally, I'd love to be a philosopher more than anything else. So in that vein, oh me too, hell's yeah, I'm a fucking philosopher, and this is my job. Then cool, I guess. But like, think about like it from that point of view. I just kind of want to pursue that shit intellectually, and just talking to people I think are interesting, and everyone is interesting is also part of my ideas. So I want to talk to everyone because yo, sometimes I learn the most from the people I least expected and shit, and I get to understand other cultures or parts of life and shit. And like yo, I get privileged enough to have employees working for me in my day job that are in fucking Ukraine. Do you know what it's like to have like? The constant fact check. Oh, you think your shit's hard, bro? Imagine being in Kharkov. And you're like, okay, Canadian softness. Yeah, imagine you have Russia about to fucking invade your country because, like, you know, they're trying to join the UN. Actually, shit. imagine <laughs> it's more like imagine Russia showboating and trying to bait the states and the states is buying into it, causing Russia to have reason to. And you're just going, can you all please calm the fuck down? You don't know shit because you're not here. Right, you get these perspectives yeah. that are a little bit different because, and then it's hard. But I, but I feel that's what happened with the convoy, right? Like we saw that live here in Canada. You know, like all these different views and things like that. Like what's actually going down, and like you know, we see it as a party. Some people are like these people are fighting, and then we have the people complaining about the whole Oka thing and how uh, you know the, the Native Americans weren't treated the same, and it's like these are issues. You know, like. People forgot that just like what last year or the year before, like they found thousands. Oh of, no, twenty twenty. Sorry. No. Yeah, they found like thousands of kids like in fucking residential homes. Like that's an issue. Can we talk about that, please? Like, can we can we deal with that a little bit instead of? Like, I got a question. Hey, uh, this is I, a sincere I question. Like I, I don't want to be like whatever, but. What's the conversation about the kids? To, no, I, I know I sound like a shithead. This is just me being ignorant, and I'm happy to have anyone take the time to really break this down. But so far, I have yet to find a way that I understand what we're doing with that part of the conversation. Um, 
I understand it would happen and that it like is a point of conversation, but like, I feel like people be wildly stopping the conversation there. And it's like, let's talk about the kids, but like, we then don't talk about the lack of water. We don't talk about the pipeline from 2019 when the government basically did not treat the convoy the same, but was trying to gun them down and shit. Like, they're just like, mm-hmm. so it's like for, for a project that then got abandoned by the U S I didn't even realize like, that. So, but it's like, so it's like, I appreciate the kid part and I understand it. And I think that all the work being done to like provide people's families with the resolution and knowledge. And I just, I just don't know what else to talk about on that topic anymore. Personally, when there's other topics, I think that are like out there too. And again, this could just be ignorance. So like, I'm trying to like really double down that point. Cause I know it's one of those topics, but I don't get it. Why don't we talk about the lack of water? Let's go back to like real. That, that 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 should be your next interview. You should talk to somebody from you know the, the American native. I can't even speak anymore. I didn't eat yet. I'm gonna take a bite of my bagel. Take a bite of your bagel. No, but like you need to talk to like a no, representative. I'm with that. From that. That's a fair and point. Like, I should and and like get the real deal because me we just hear about all this shit. Right, we just hear like this is going on, this is that, but like nobody's saying what's the final answer, how we're actually dealing with it, what's the procedures. Like, there's all this land debates and like destroying the well, that, even that. Like, you don't even know what's going on up north. Like, well, I was about to say, like, didn't like, Quebec just pass a law that allows them to seize whatever that land they want for Quebec projects without <laughs> consent? And like to me, that oh, that's like the same law that they they use to like build the fucking hydroelectric dams. So like the shit like where if you really acres. translate it, they can just grab indigenous and farmer land if necessary for the betterment of Quebec because Quebec has its own version of a notwithstanding clause that allows them to do this. And arguably, I think that's a bigger conversation worth having, from my opinion. And nobody want to talk about that, and it's really weird because it just happened. And in the middle of COVID and like Legault's government passed that shit. And like, ain't nobody really like Canada made it. It's not okay. The Jordan Peterson situation highly misconstrued that scribble scribble asked, is it true? Canada passed the law making it illegal to not call someone by their preferred pronouns. No, it's not what happened. They basically said, if you're like a teacher in a school, please like use the pronouns is my best understanding of it. Like, and it was tied into some hate speech shit. And then Jordan Peterson just kind of isolated on the language of the law, wrote a fucking paper, and that shit snowballed. And then well, almost yeah, nothing happened with it. But that's, yeah. But that's because <clears throat> the way law is written is basically if, if somebody, and it's, it's the whole malice, right? It's taking that inch and like stretching and squeezing every dime, right? Bad people take advantage of situations. You have a person who's fighting for transgender, non-binary, or whatever non-naming rights, uh, and then you have a person who like keeps omitting to recognize this person. Well, from the terms of the law, now it's going to be seen as harassment. That's my understanding. Like, I'm not a legal, but like they can actually go after them for harassment and like you know just for not using their pronoun that they choose. But they right? and. And that's the slippery slope. It's like, okay. okay, you know, like if somebody wants to be a dick, they can take the law and like stretch it. And, and that's, that's the danger, you know? 
other- if I if I now choose like look Holden, I identify myself as a uh, female or no non-binary, whatever. You can't say he, you can't say that. And I, I hate your face. I can like literally fucking you know use recorded words and stuff like that and like entrapments. I mean, like that's the a shitty world. To, this is this the is where I'd be like, this is where I'm like, that's more on the conspiracy side of shit. It could have happened, yeah. Oh, yeah. Will it happen in like such a minutially tiny percentage of cases that it basically doesn't happen? Probably, yeah. But like all things considered, I'm in a world where literally everybody gives me a fake pronoun that they created to call them all the time by their artist name and shit. So I'm just kind of used to people being like, call me with this fake name that is not my real name. And I'm supposed to do that, but then we change it to pronoun and everybody acting like this is wild. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm one of the only rappers I know that has my full fucking government name as my artist name. (laughs) Like, yeah, which you shouldn't say that too out loud because now people are going to be stealing your identity and shit, you know? I mean, I'm probably (laughs) in like every fucking breach in history. (laughs) Like, so... I mean, so, I hear what you're but, saying, Scribble, kind of, but, like, to me, they're not that different. I just don't care. For my actions, it's like I could use your government name. I could use your rapper name. And I know people that are dead ass don't use my government name, only use my rapper name. And if somebody is dead ass, like, say they instead of he, it's like, man, the fucking difference doesn't make to my life, all things considered. And that's where I'm at with it. I don't even really care that much deeper to like in my brain to, to like formulate deeper opinions. So I might be wrong on this one, but to me, it feels like constantly people be wildly telling me to modify cultural norms and customize it. If you really want to dig into society and this is just one of those things, do I think people should be able to sue motherfuckers over that? No, but obviously that. But how do you stop somebody from being belligerent? And that's the issue, you know, and the issue is we have, you know, a lot of people who are older who don't understand because you know we think about it like what 40 years ago being a homosexual is like evil you know it's a, it was seen as extremely bad and, and even like, here in like you know like high key i've had so many conversations with bigots where it's like eh, i don't think y'all remember 20, there's a lot of bigots i don't think y'all remember 2012 very well and the thing is it's like <laughs> i've seen it at work not like I can't go into a lot of details about the where's and what's, but like I've seen it personally, not like it, it doesn't affect yeah. me. I'm a fucking white dude and shit as much. So I don't really experience it, but I've been yeah, we don't in collective it. groups of people that look and act like me where they absolutely talk some shit that you would be like, Oh, say word. This is what some people really think behind closed doors. Is it everyone? Mm-hmm. No. But sometimes those people have power and shit. And like, I look, it's like, so I'm not saying we need absolutionist laws. It's not my like thing, but usually things get created because there is something. I make policy at work. We only write rules when somebody fuck up. Like we had, we had to write a nipple rule in my like work because we have a photo editing group and somebody was posting nipples. So I had to Google all the nipple policies and write like, why, why was that? Because somebody was doing it. It should have been a common sense thing. It was not a common sense thing. So I had to go figure, like, that's why rules get, like, yo, when you look up those fucking strange ass laws from 1857, why did somebody make the don't fuck a dog law? You know, like, because people was yeah. fucking dogs. And, and a, <clears throat> but, but this is the, the reality that most people don't understand about laws. And I'm not a lawyer, but like, I we've seen it, right? Most rules 
And this pandemic is like straight out proof to that. Most rules are reactionary. Something happens, fucks shit up, so let's make a law about it. Tax laws are in the same way. Uh, everything's like, it's the same. It's, it's just like shit happens. Okay, we got to deal with this. This is the best of our knowledge right now. And then like 20 years, 30 years later, times change. These things aren't relevant anymore. It's like, how the fuck do you go back in time and change the law now? It's like, it's going to take a lot of, you know, unpacking because maybe there's other laws that are built on top of it. And like, shit, yeah. now we have to like undo this whole thing for we can't like piss in the street. Like, which should be common sense, but, but then it- some people still piss in the streets. Facts. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not afraid to go pee on a building here and there. It's what it is. Right? It's middle of the night. Fuck yeah. Can't All places it. are closed. The best is when you go to like a, but a the business. But the truth is, like, yo, if there was no... Hold on. I need your bathroom, you know? And they're like, nah. It's like, yo, Big Daddy comes up in there, you know? Like, I, I hope you've seen Big Daddy. Jesus Christ. But, you know, like, that's when people piss on the building on purpose mm. because they pissed them off. It's like, so it's... You know, we're all just trying to live right. I mean, when it comes to the peeing thing, though, arguably, if there was no ticket, I would do it a lot more. <laughs> like, there's, there's a risk. I have, yeah. And then I have to, like, go find things and whatnot. And I'm not trying to, like, say I'm for every law, but, like, man, half the tax laws are, are weird. But, like, it's this <laughs> giant chain reaction of the government trying to avoid manipulation of the law mixed with people trying to make laws that are ambiguous enough to manipulate. And it's so weird. But, like... A lot of laws actually just get made for civil things because people did some dumb shit. And then, unfortunately, that's not a law. And I, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm talking about like, especially at like city bylaw levels and shit. Like, it gets really interesting. <laughs> I know what you're saying. So, like, that's the only thing. So, it's like, I mean, I'm sure there were just enough harassment cases that were considered valid. So, the liberal government tried to deal with it because, I mean, I guess they felt it was a relevant thing to do, whether or not it well, was there's highly... probably a group of people. So, so like, you know, we all think that like laws is because the majority of people want something done. It's like, nah, you know, I, I remember when you're doing that interview thing, it's like how to change like city bylaws and stuff. And apparently it was like 20 signatures for a stop sign. I'm like, the fuck I want speed bumps now. Like I'm going to talk to my neighbors. Like there's dangerous drivers here. Let's do something. But it's like, it's usually the small group. You know, 10,000 signatures, like, like it's, it's nothing. It's, it's, we'll so see. you have this small group of people who want something done and they're, you know, lobbying the government basically because that's what it is. And then you have people like the majority, the 99% of the population doesn't give a fuck, who's not paying attention, who's not watching things. And it just like, shloop, new law. That's the thing. Or like, or like oh, you fuck. were saying before, like we could all just watch the law discussions on TV and see, get involved. Actually, I want to say that in local politics, that's a lot harder. It's not as accessible. Mm. And I, I say that from experience. Like one of the debates they had this year was 50 people could go attend it. And I'm like, wow, 50. We have like 160,000 people in our collective boroughs of 50. What? Anyway, yeah. and then they didn't want to well, do Well, they it. used to have town halls, right? I'm like, saying town halls used to be a thing, like once then, a year or it's once like a month. They don't, and like nobody ever goes to that shit, to be honest, except for apparently, mm. uh, what's his name? Fucking Dave Chappelle, because he was just in the news when we at town hall. <laughs> but yeah, like nobody be going to town halls. Even when Dave Chappelle, there, the town hall's empty. <laughs> like the whole thing is like wild. Nobody gives a fuck about local politics. 
the due process. And honestly, it's entirely possible that via like other means, like protests with postal codes, or uh, sorry, uh, not protest, the fucking shit you sign. I can't remember the word for it. Oh, petitions. Petitions. Or, uh, that's it. Yeah, petitions yeah. with postal codes or zip codes to you Americans. Um, you just get like fifty thousand postal codes, bro. It's over. Government gonna respond because that's a crazy yeah, number. They have to at that point. Yeah. And it might. I remember when my easier friend... to do that than the convoy, arguably. Yes. Uh, right. If you have five hundred thousand supporters, like I'm sorry. Let's uh, get one person to fucking collect these signatures. Like not, and while and here's the, the most surprising thing: while the freedom convoy is there, did anybody like sign any petitions at all? Did anybody put their names down saying we want to change things? I don't, know. I don't think so. That's an I don't know. I, like, 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 think of it. You have like what ten thousand, twenty thousand people in Ottawa right now as we speak. Couldn't a jo- guy just go around with a fucking clipboard and just be like, here's what we're asking. Just sign this to, like, give your name. Like, did nobody do this? Um, <laughs> yeah, I got I to gotta wonder if the thought process would be we can't record our names here. <laughs> I don't know. But, like. And, and that makes you ask, like, what is their motives then? I don't know, Why? but a lot of people are about to look, get criminal records today. if I feel the government's today. not doing something, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, yo, Trudeau, you fucking suck. Like, this is why, and this is why we feel you should make things different. Like, do things properly. I don't, okay, but like, the other side of it is I just tried to get involved with the local political sphere, and I learned something really interesting. If you're not a homeowning parent, nobody's going to talk to you about politics. So there is... Why would they? But that's the problem. If nobody, it's, it's what bit, issues are you, single person living in an apartment, dealing with that will, you know, like, are you single because of the way society is? No, because we have all these, you know, nah, homeowning parents. It's like, actually, I'd argue that I have a lot of needs that government ignores as an artist, as like an entrepreneur, as a lot of, yo, I'm sorry, but everybody in the city count. We all get affected by lots mm-hmm. of issues, traffic. This, that, the next thing. I'm a cyclist. I'm pro bike lane. That shit bothers me that motherfuckers hate cyclists. I'm sorry. Oh, I was driving down Peel yesterday. You see what they did on Peel? They not. got these like nice like they got these nice like bike sidewalks now. They elevated it because painting wasn't enough. So they elevated like on both sides like a bike lane. It's and, pretty like, fucking dope. Or like for me, it's like the one at Atwater saves lives bro like it was atwater was a death trap not atwater angry i meant to say angry mm. and it's like a death mm-hmm. trap and you had to bike with the cars over that bridge and literally you're like is this illegal but no it was what you're supposed to do <laughs> and then like you're like now there's this really nice safe fast fucking disconnected you're never gonna get hit by a car route and like look five hundred thousand people out of the four million people in the collective greater montreal area cycle that's one in eight and arguably it's more if you just focus on the island so it's like it's a larger number than i think a lot of drivers take into consideration way less than a fringe so i mean that's a local politics garbage removal local politics issue composting programs local politics local fucking gardens like there's so many issues that affect people that don't live in houses actually but like we'll never talk about it because when you're canvassing you just go to the houses and people will argue and tell me that people go to apartments. Get the fuck out of here. Nobody go to an apartment. You go to the house. As if anybody in the apartments are going to answer. Right now, your bell goes off open. 
the fuck do you want? Actually, like, it's not true. Bro, when the compost people showed that. up, we talked to them and got compost information and got free coupons because the city showed up and informed us about new programs. I do talk to those people. And if, like, local politicians were to show up at my door and make the effort to canvass me, maybe I'm the anomaly because I'm now highly interested in local politics. But, like, I might actually acknowledge they exist in a way where... Yeah, I'm, but it's time again. There's 400,000. How many people are in your borough? 150,000? Yeah, it's quite wild. It's broken into five You're districts, gonna, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, so, so this is what we'll do. We're going to knock at the people's houses who are, because they have houses and they can put my sign on their front door. Yeah. Right? And statistically. Whereas apartments... So like, statistically, gonna, like... It's going to take you a day just to go through the apartment. Like, but that's the thing is that statistically, <laughs> all the effort gets put on homeowning parents, not single homeowners, but homeowning parents. Then all the voters tend to be homeowning parents and it creates a cycle where like people be winning on like fucking 18 percent of the fucking vote 22 percent of the vote so you're like going huh that's not really great so there's a problem with that issue about trying to get involved and i'm actually this is like an active thing i care about but now nah, the system doesn't really want to make it simple for people to know how to legally do a fucking thing, bro. Have you been to the government websites and shit? Yo, I took a screenshot one day or I took a picture of like a URL that the government had put out on a sign that was important shit. It was like important. It was like homelessness. Like make a fucking QR and, code, bro. Like. And it was most important. It's like there's nobody that knows about SEO. It's like, what? You have 400 council people and no SEO specialist? Get the fuck out of here. So I was, I was talking to uh, my colleagues about this. Because there's a lot of programs out there. There's a lot of programs that exist that help people save, that give different tax advantages, that help you put your kids in school. And like, there's a lot of shit on these government websites. They're, but even me as, you know... Uh, like I'm not a novice financial advisor, like I'm, I'm experienced. And it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot to get through. But um, the government's not going to put money in advertising that they're giving away money. And that's, that's the main, it, it's, a, it's, an, it's an issue of economics. It's like, look, if you want free money, at least do the work to find it. You know, we're not going to fucking poster all over that we're giving this money away from tax dollars because then the program becomes too overloaded, right? It's an average, it's a, it's a business issue. Our tax dollars are paid by us. So if we had infinite tax dollars, then yeah, sure. Let's do all the fucking advertising. The next. Government <laughs> websites were only updated in the past, like two, three years. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, like I hear what you're saying and I'm not left that this is true because the amount of bloat and waste that goes into customer service cost alone to field those questions might even help. Like, like there's so much bad in the bloat and the waste that like the money's just mm -hmm. there. And nah, I'm not sure I'm convinced that like I'm, yo, Montreal is a weird place politically because it has more city councilors than like, it has as many city councilors as the fucking people that vote in the U.S. president. Okay, like, is that not wild? What? There's like 450 <laughs> people or whatever that picked the U.S. president at the, the National Congress or whatever. Oh. And there's like four... Montreal, the electoral uh, college. Yeah, Montreal don't need that many people. Like, it's a city. And yet there's that many decision makers and people. It's wildly weird. Our city is so bizarre well, politically. Quebec, Quebec is like that. Yeah. 
I find I find Quebec there's a lot of extra layers of bureaucracy that just make things so inefficient and like complicated for mm. nothing. But it's because Business. without those positions, we would have a higher unemployment rate. I, guess. I used to work in the let, let, let me let me tell you another story. I used to work in uh, the lighting industry. Uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed talking about this, but anyways, so you know, uh, let, let's let's okay. We look outside. There's the LED lights, right, that they've been putting in, in the streets, right? LEDs. Sure. You see those? Okay. Uh, the metro, you know what LED like the street lights? How how it's like white now and not like fucking golden. Well, I mean, I never really now, thought about it right? until you said that right now. But I guess now that you're saying it, I'm yeah. noticing it in my head. But yeah, everything used to be like golden orange, and now it's like white <laughs> it's like white light yeah so that's an led transition so there's this whole thing you know moving on to dark sky technology make sure there's not more light pollution saving electricity costs blah 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 mm, now if you go to the metro system it does because you know you put a big expense now to not have maintenance later because you know the difference between an led and a normal you know uh, let's say a metal halide bulb which is what's no, it's the same light, but it's like metal halide. You have to maintain it. There's a ballast and there's a bulb. So the bulb burns every like three, four years. So you need a guy to fucking go up and change a light bulb. And then you have the ballast, which like burns every five years. So two times you need to fucking send a guy up. So this, this person though is an electrician and he's paid. So he's on government dime, right? So uh, I was looking at a project and like, let's say like hospitals or schools or the metro system, let's say. Now, logically, we would think that they would move towards the better technology of low maintenance and low, you know, electric electricity costs, right? LEDs. But yet, most of these projects don't go to LEDs. And um, so I asked why. I, I questioned it. And literally, it's because they have electricians on contract that are on payroll. And if they switch to LEDs, these guys have no work. So they keep these old sources in order to, you know, keep the economy going. It's, it's, it's like fake jobs that are being created in order to do these things. Same, and I feel that's the same reason why our roads are so shit. You know, we got to keep money pumping into the construction thing. So we're going to do minimalist type of work that's not that great quality that we're gonna have to fix in a couple of years so we can have the budget that goes to that and like i don't know if i'm right or whatever but to me it, it just feels like that's what they're doing they're just like creating a wheel that mm -hmm. turns itself i don't know if i agree on the roads i think the roads is more local politics like if you're only in charge for four years you don't want to be the one holding that bag it's, it's i think that plays into it but i think otherwise that's a, that's a good point you may be right though because um i'm not like it's like yo like how many times do you see like little mining towns and shit like yo let's make these crazy government programs to like spend billions of dollars to like you know reserve an industry that'll keep thirty thousand people employed I'm not trying to be a shithead about it, but like arguably there might be better solutions at a macro level. But it's I think not... um, I think Bombardier uh, fell into that category a couple of times. So it's like yeah. I don't know what all the solutions are, but like that would be like fighting gravity moments to me, and like 
sometimes it's hard because like what do you do and there's a lot of emotion attached to that there's a lot of empathy attached to that and i'm not that empathetic about this kind of shit i'm really cold sometimes so it's worth taking that with a grain of salt but like yo if you don't need the electrician the electrician can always evolve like a pokemon at any age but that's the problem these motherfuckers (laughs) don't want to evolve or nothing so and yo, a lot of these people have great gigs, gigs I'm, I might never get. They probably make crazy money and shit. So of course there's like all this interest in preserving it for a lot of people. But like, it just sometimes doesn't make sense. And you see it a lot with legacy, everything. Everything legacy is going to do yeah. this. But like, I'm not saying I'm right about anything, but economically it's fucking wild and there is this something happening where people want to protect jobs more than they care about like the innovation because when we create new the jobs and the the, rea- the truth is is when you create a bunch of new jobs like they talk about it's usually like one group of people gets hired at the cost of another group of people losing the job right like let's be fucking yeah. real about how that, that ends and it's like the, there's not like this clean transfer of wealth and power and it creates problems but then there's well, no it's, like it's like it's, it's like you take an example of a coal factory, right? <clears throat> coal, like, that burns coal to make electricity, okay? So one of these uh, coal factories. Right. Very bad for the environment, very shit. So government changes law saying we, we don't want any coal factory anymore. We're going to do a hydro. It's not the same guys who's working at the coal factory who's going to go work at the hydro dam. It's all these guys from that coal factory that's shutting down. It's fucking just losing their jobs and having to figure it out. And arguably, we don't, because we don't really look at the, to me, because we don't look at it like that, we don't really have conversations that lead to solutions. And we just do the protect the job version and feel about what's right. And, you know, I've had people like dead ass be like, but yo, you want to leave those miners dead on their ass? I'm like, nah, but like, I also think the miners got to figure their shit out well no i think there needs to like because i've seen programs where they do like education transitions and they like teach the miners to code and learn some fucking stats and programming and shit but like that's the other side of it is everybody has to be a little more understanding that maybe these are the new basic life skills and like if you're not willing to get on board with that it's gonna be really hard i can't change that reality this isn't a hold-in reality this is Everywhere I look, everything is data-centric and computer-driven. So, like, I mean, manual labor getting replaced by robots and shit. It's not like a if, it's a when. It's a real thing. Like, and people yeah. don't, and people, like, act Self-checkouts like... Self-checkouts is a reality that... Bro, half these jobs pay $150,000 and shit because they're mortal. Like, like if you're, like, a tree guy and, like, like one of your buddies is going to die every... <laughs> like, you know, like, that's what the jobs that they're replacing with robots and shit... So it's changing shit. It's it's changing everything. And it's like it's not going back. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to make no, it go and back. That's, that's something we all need to like realize. Uh, you said a lot of interesting things right there. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it goes I'm sorry. Back. My brain just like nah, it's cool. eating now. We're like three um, hours deep. So you like survive like a champion we for are. three hours. I did. Is this is this typically your like interviews like three hours long? Let's say. <laughs> Yo, I'm all about I, I it's all know. about I, the vibe of it. Um, two things will impact my decision to cut some shit short. If nobody's watching and it's boring, it's over. But if I think that the discussion is proper and like uh, like and I if like in 
a year somebody came back to this conversation they can have value in it then why wouldn't we run that and then make that piece of content and yeah. then when any somebody ever lands on it and watches it you know that's what it is they can enjoy it or they don't but the experience of making it this is like a good three hours spent what else was i going to do today and so it's like it kind of plays oh, dude i love talking to that's you man I mean. you're like no and and that's the thing like i'm like i'm like fuck you just like hit a bunch of points and my brain just kind of like went like Whoop. and i'm like okay which which points do i want to talk to like like i want to keep talking man but like whatever <laughs> You're an interesting guy. I hope we do this again. But that's that's the thing. Uh, but no, replacing show. replacing people with robots, man. That's like that's like another thing. People are seeing it happen, and like they're not doing anything to like prepare for it. It's like living in ignorance. It's like you see that you know you're a cashier, and then you hear about like electronic caches, and it's like no, no, no we got to fight this. It's like what do you mean fight this? I go to the store. And literally, I just pick the shortest line. I don't give a shit if it's a cashier or if it's a robot. I'm going to scan my, like, I don't care. I just want to get out as fast as possible. I don't want to be in that store anymore. So whatever will get me to that goal of getting me back outside, I will take that path. And you know yeah. what? I am slower than a cashier on the electronic path. I, like, I am so slow. But I don't care because at least I'm moving, right? It's like sitting in traffic, okay? I don't care if the car is moving 10 kilometers an hour. As long as it doesn't stop, I, I can fucking just keep going. I don't mm. care. Like, as long as I'm in movement, you know, I, I don't want to stop. So I feel about cycling. Even if it takes longer to get to a place than a car might, you're in perpetual motion and you're being, like, active. So it's a better experience, but... I agree with you, but yeah. the problem is, is often like we're talking from a position of we know like money and stats and this and that. So like we can go look at, <laughs> we know shit. too much and we're white. <laughs> we have bad opinions. <laughs> no, it's a high level of privilege. Honestly, mm -hmm. just even being Canadian and living in where we come from and having yeah. the experiences we've had. And oh shit. my God, dude, I have a friend who's down in Guatemala right now, right? And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, what's it like there? What's the COVID situation? This is like two, three weeks ago, beginning of January, that I was talking to him. And uh, he's like, well, I'm the only guy walking around without a mask. And he's like, it's weird, but everyone else is wearing masks. And I'm like, well, is there laws? And he's like, no, there's no laws. But ev everybody's wearing masks. And I'm like, so we started talking about, like, why that might be. These people don't have free health care. These people, like, hearing about this fucking virus and stop killing people with whatever, like, or whatever. And, like, he's in Guatemala, like, these tiny-ass towns. And everyone's wearing masks. And, and no one's giving him shit about not wearing a mask. It's just everybody's just wearing masks. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, when you have to pay for your own health care and shit, and, like, you're, you're poor, like, protect yourself. That's, that's what it is. There's no conversation about fucking, bat, like, mandates and things. Like, they want vaccines. They want to, like you know, not die. Basically. Arguably a lot of the people who end up in those situations back to that privilege point might not come from the same kind of literacy rates and shit. Right. So literacy is a fascinating concept. Like being literate arguably is reading well enough to do your job, but we perceive the term literate as being like smart and like actually processing information, but they're not the same thing. Literate is you can yeah. receive information and instructions correctly. Conscious thinking and like critical thinking is more like going deeper with it, which is yeah. not actually the common skill. Like they sort of half-ass teach it in high school and shit, 
But like a lot of people just end up not being critical thinkers because society. Well, that's the difference between high school and, and university. Let's say that's like the major difference. In in elementary school, high school, you're taught to be uh, like a slave, basically. Like you're taught to do what you're told. So then, like, you know, which is basically what our parents used to teach us. Like you're taught to be a good employee, listen to your fucking boss, don't do shit, or you end up in detention. So it's just like if you look like, at the people that are doing a lot of this shit, it's it's often certain socioeconomic classes and certain groups of occupations and things like that that show up like wildly the nurses aren't there they're highly educated and they ain't there. Uh, i was talking to one of my friends because we we know a lot of nurses and I, I saw one post something this morning that really like touched me you know and she she works there in montreal and she's like along the lines of i don't remember the exact quote but she's like look you know, I know everybody's feeling relieved and happy that these mandates are gone, but like they've they've took it too far because I work in this and I see what happens to people and we're not ready for this yet. We're not ready for like open free for all and like, you know, and she's struggling. She's been working the whole time and just like grinding. You know, imagine if if when the Freedom Convoy showed up and then like I, I gave this as a hypothesis to one of my buddies. And I'm like, imagine the nurses are like, oh, you know what? You have, you have 500,000 people arguing against mandates. Us, the nurses, we're going to stand up and we're going to walk out of the hospitals and not treat people who, who are not vaccinated. And like, imagine they have every right to. They could protest, but they're not, you know? So it's like, because, because if they do that, people actually die. You know, like, they don't want people to die. Is, is, and you got to kind of have a good understanding of stats and math to be a nurse. Just mm. facts of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you got to have some <laughs> understanding of it. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to be brilliant, but, like, there'd be a lot of milligrams and percentages and <laughs> fucking hyper-specific yeah. details to track on charts. I mean, that's that data gang shit. So they have that skill set, right? Yeah. That's what I'm no, saying. There, there's a huge... To me, like it's really there's a correlation on that. People who don't understand data science, uh, or how data works, or math and stats, like I said earlier, are the ones that often can get sensationalized a lot quicker. And they believe everyone believes they're literate, and by literate, they believe it means critical thinking. And then I found out that that's not what that means. And it fucked me up for a long time because that was like a recent discovery in my life. And with that, it's like you have to understand the world is not critical thinking literate. They're not even computer literate even. There's so many people that are just not. And as time changes, the level of literacy evolves to being more stat math and like algorithms and shit, right? Like you go to work and it's like, yo, you have to leave a reason to contact because that data being tracked. You know, like that's that call center shit. Everything you do, track it. Everything you kind of track it, track it, data, data. So it's like new literacy rates are required in order to determine what's valuable in a common workplace. And I don't think that that conversation gets had a lot because I don't even think people are aware that shit's happening. (laughs) Or the old people aren't aware that that's happening, but the young people are very aware that's happening. Yeah, well, you have to think of where our parents come from too, right? I get it. They're from a time of like pensions and like, you know, you didn't have to fucking struggle as much as we do. You know, like Canada was simpler back then. Less people, less immigration, less volatility with the states, I guess. I don't know. But it's like back then companies would stay around for a long time. 
Like there were there were more profit beyond these pension programs and things like that. And then and then during one crash, they all like evaporated. And that that was like a slap in the face to everyone who was like living that paradigm of just like I'm gonna work my nine to five, I'm gonna get my pension, and everything's gonna be good. Now even teachers, military people, like like their pensions are like fucked because mm-hmm. it's not matching inflation. So it's like holy shit. Like we we've gone back to a time of like personal like financial independence like where we have to like figure out our shits or else we end up retired and fucked which is a lot of people's cases you know i see it all the time i'm i'm you know i have people you know reaching out for a company calling me like yo i'm like 55 i gotta retire in 10 years like let's do it i'm like all right what do you got nothing good Uh, luck (laughs) let's do it buddy you know like i don't fucking so are know. you prepared to save 68 percent of everything you make <laughs> no and then there's another side of the coin of, of like people who literally you know grind and hustle and like make like over six figures and they'll save like 60 70 percent of their salary just to be able to like retire in like the next 10 years like so they'll like advance their retirement super fast and be at that next level. But in the meantime, they're living like garbage. They're literally like living in like cardboard boxes and whatever, just to be able to like hit that dream life of never having to work again. That sounds, you know, it's, it's that sounds like something else. Yeah. All I know is I'm glad I opened an RRSP because like I did that because work said they'd give me 3% and that was like eight or nine years ago. So they matched my 3%. And it's that's like, that's a good reason to open an RSP, yes. But there's other reasons. No, that was it. And it's like <laughs> I was like, that sounds like, like free money. I'm in. It is. It is. Look, I, what I tell everybody: if you have a group plan that matches your money, max it out. Yeah. Like, don't bother going individual. Don't try to find some like random stocks or stupid cryptos or whatever. Just, just fucking take the free money. <laughs> you know, Yo, like take arguably, the free money. I've gained on this investment a lot a lot like over a hundred percent return because i only put in half the money and then that all that's right? free and every year it's gotten to an amount where it actually makes a couple thousand now and it's like oh i, I remember the first day i lost three thousand dollars in my rrsp was a fucking mind fuck i'd never lost three thousand dollars before i did moment i came back and we won more and i started i was like okay cool the stocks are on sale let's run this shit but like <laughs> But like, uh, but you're talking about literacy, you know, and that's why we do the financial literacy courses. Mm. Like literally, they're called financial literacy courses because, like, fuck, people don't know how these things work. They just Facts. have an RSP, and they're like, oh, that's for my retirement. And then they see a home buyer's plan, and they're like, well, I want a house. Let's just uh, <laughs> move that there, you know. And it's like, okay, but what happens to your retirement goals? It's like, I don't give a shit. I have a house now. It's like, okay. Are so you like, saying that the house thing is not maybe the best use of your RRSP? Why would it be? Isn't your RRSP for retirement? Bro, See, I got told since thing. time by everybody that's older than me about this house program, and that's half the reason I should have an RRSP. Since time, <laughs> motherfuckers be like, yo, and I use my RRSP. So, and I caught so my do you know there's a maximum? Insert age and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Okay, but talking about old people, first of all, houses were not four or five hundred thousand dollars twenty years ago. Okay, they're between one hundred and fifty and three hundred and fifty, right? Mm. 
So right away, if you're looking at 5% down payment for a house, let's say a house that's, you know, $300,000, you need 15K. Okay. It's like, cool. So obviously, you know, taking 15K from your RSP, whatever. Now, if all you have in your RSP is 15K and you're like later on in life, that's going to fuck you up. The most important thing about investing is understand what your goals are. That whole thing about mission, right? Your, your money should have missions too. Mm. You know, some money for retirement, some money for a house, some money for a car, some money for vacation. Like you need to put missions on your fucking money. And that, as soon as people click on that, that's when they can actually start you know, managing their money properly because their money means something. But to the average Joe, they're living such a stressful life that they're not even looking at their money. They're just like, and they have these automatic group plans and then they feel like they should have a house because everyone around them is buying a house and then they go and do it. And, but they're not like paying attention. You know, everything's just flowing in the background. I am with you, man. Scribble asks, where's everybody at? Usually the chat is packed. Upon which it's like, bro, this is the randomest game ever. Sometimes I've seen like nine people there and nobody chats, but they stick around. And then sometimes five people are there in the chats. Like, but we're talking about like money, finance, and like it's just not like the same kind of shit. Like, usually people I find on those streams are more like, oh, this is really interesting. I don't know. We didn't really talk about money until like right now. Though. No, but it's been like interlaced into a lot. Of, the way this works is we interlace the main topics of what your specialty is into regular. You talked about financing, budget, all kinds of shit in the middle via the via stories. It's so it's been like a constant theme of, of like this type of conversation. Yeah, Bonnie got herself some jobs, so she'd be busy working on some shit, doing some freelance writing and shit. But, um, that's that's kind of what I find. And then if we were sitting here talking about like Cardi B or something, we might get more reactions from people because like it's in, it's like a more comment type of thing. But also I don't really attract like the kinds of people as of yet that really go heavy on politics because like arguably I don't do a lot of streams with non-musicians, you know, like that's the thing. It's so, like I'm trying so, to get so in that direction. So we should have kept it to a theme of like, nah, you know, bro, this was perfect. This the to, fucking show, to bro. manage their cash. Nah, <laughs> gee, this was the show. This is what I want. This is what I want. And yeah. that's the most important it's, part. You're talking to me, Holden. That's, that's what you get. That's what, but that's the thing is I talk to whoever and I get that from them. If I talk to Scribble, it, and every interview is kind of different, right? Because it's like going on dates and shit, you know? <laughs> it's like you're like everybody's a little bit different and it's kind of like fun to hear all these experiences. Like I don't necessarily vibe with everybody I talk to, but I always learn some shit and sometimes it's uncomfortable, but I always learn some shit. And usually they're interested. Very few people I'll go past three hours with. That's got to be like endless flowing, easy fucking um, conversation. If it's effort, I'm not going that far. But if I can just well, no, constantly right. think of shit and it's constantly interesting for me, then it's the best shit ever. And if people aren't watching, they get the benefit of the free game that you spit. And if they're not here, it's still there. It's still part of the repertoire yeah. of life. It's part of the, what, four videos I might put out this week. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> the blip in the numbers. But uh, it's a, it's no, a hot speaking blip. Of finance... Yeah, no, that's cool. 
I'm down. I'm down with this. I'm down to talk to you anytime, man. No, finances. I hate how finances are advertised. I, I hate the uh, the hype pull it gets. Mm. You know, like crypto went through this whole thing because a lot of people made a lot of money on crypto. But I feel a lot of people also lost a lot of the money because nobody's talking about it. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's an investing game like any other. But like the thing that I got from crypto is that most people invest in shit they don't understand, so like even the surface of it. It's just to be part of it. You know, it's it's be part of that culture, that tribe, the whole NFT thing. It's like yeah, it's get on it hold up scribble says now in a interesting keep spitting game rappers don't want to hear this shit so i'll listen (laughs) (laughs) but scribble's a rapper right yeah but scribble's okay i don't want to be that guy in case anybody i know is watching but there are levels to this shit and i know for a fact that since the day i met scribble he was operating as a rapper at a level that was more professional than what I've done, I'd say recently I'm moving into where he's been at for years, right? Like just getting it done, being prolific. He has relationships with people. He's involved in the scene. He puts like, it's not like, it's not a joke. It's like, I, I it's feel a real like you thing. have mad respect. I, I feel like you have mad respect for Scribble. And yeah, like absolutely. Kind of look up to him a little bit. Like, does he help you out sometimes? You get some good I mean, he signed up for my Patreon for a minute, but it's more, we're just home. It's more like, I respect him as like somebody that arguably in the rap game I do look up to as like, wow, it's actually possible. <laughs> like he's done it. So in that regard, to know that I'm homies with somebody that could actually get out there and work with some people I would love to work with and do it in ways that I believe are the ways to approach it, it's pretty cool. Otherwise, it's like we just kind of developed a relationship. So I do respect him because I know that end of the day, certain yeah we haven't even met we were supposed to link up he was supposed to come to canada but then the magical virus came um but then the thing is is like scribble well, like, it's better yeah fair but if he's coming up here he still is what it, it, it would have worked out easy at that time i would love to go to la though my homeboy uh is going out to la to do a video shoot with fredro star or one of these guys fucking dope um but like it's a lot to do with the fact that I'm surrounded by a lot of people who don't care about the business or the brand and anybody that does, I will talk about like this because it's very important to me to, to, to like establish that certain people are really doing it and some people are hobbyists and there's a huge difference. Mm. And I don't think that people recognize that difference, but to me, it's really clear if you're a hobbyist, you might be a really shitty non-hobbyist. I would put myself as a terribly unsuccessful non-hobbyist, but like, it's not like a hobby. Respect. Like, but there, like what I've learned with business, you know, like I've, I've only been in the finance game since 2018. Like I touched it. I dabbled it back in 2008, but like really full all in, like this is my career path. It, it's been four years. Mm. And it took like the first six months like I was, I was, it was a hobby to me. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was flapping around, you know, talking to people like, yo, can I look at your money? Maybe give you some pointers. Like, we'll see. <laughs> like it was a, it was a really awkward conversation for me. You know, I, I come from a poor family. Like everyone's like, what the fuck, Renee, you're driving a 97 Corolla. What do you know about money? It's like, well, the reason why I drive that 97 Corolla is because cars cost money and I don't like spending my money on cars. So there you go. You know, like, but there's a lot of vanity in this industry. There's a lot of, uh, 
you know, and when I changed cars, literally, I, I just upgraded my car and not even to something new. I bought a fucking 2009. Okay. So from my point of view, I went from, a, you know, a car that's 12 years newer, but from everyone else, it's like, yo, this car's still 12 years old. Like, who the fuck are you? But just by doing that, like my business doubled. Okay. And this pandemic just being available for people, like my business doubled again. And it's just like, holy shit, like I'm on this uh, momentum and it's, it's, it's just nuts. It's, it's like the way businesses like move and how you get clients and stuff. It's just yeah, out of this world. I don't even understand it. It's like, how am I getting referrals this year, left, right and center, like so much that I don't even, I don't even have time to call my clients and stuff like that, but I'm getting a whole bunch of new business. Like it's 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 a different game now. It's it's weird. Yeah, that's why being an influencer is fun. Because you influence. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just look at it like it is a different game. But that's where you can like the real benefit to being an influencer is you find your street team, you find your moderators, yeah. and once you find your moderators, bro, <laughs> it's over. Yo, you think, like, you watch, like, a Drink Champs or one of these interview shows. These motherfuckers have motherfuckers that do all the research and then send them the shit to watch. You got you to gotta get out there and yeah. find those people. You got to find, like, the people that are, like, well, if you're old, you want to find mentees. And if you're young, you want to find mentors. So there's, like, the this, like, hybrid nature. Like, I want to make myself more available to 20-year-olds and figure out how me and 20-year-olds can collectively yeah. come up with schemes to make serious cash. Because working with people my age has not been that fun. <laughs> like, it's just not my favorite. Everybody got, like, the same No, we're stuck in our ways. We're just like, eh, I don't, don't want to like, do other things. I'm already doing shit. all this shit. I don't know if I can argue with people about VR and shit for the rest of my life. You know who I don't have to argue with? Young people. So it's just like, what am I doing? Let's redo shit. Let's think different in well, 2022. Well, that's, that's, that, that was... That was a huge turning point for me, like realizing that it's not, like. Hold on, scribble. Not all twenty-year-olds are. Twenty-year-olds are kind of out there, you know. They can be, but not all of them. Yeah. Some of them be wild hustlers yeah. with good ideas. Yeah, and some of them are flat earthers fighting for, I don't know what, whatever. There's there's niche cliques and everything, but it's like. Lost my train of thought. Yeah. Sorry, hold on. I'm horrible at interviews. No, it's okay. <laughs> you went like three hours and twenty minutes now. So I would argue you're not horrible at this if we're having stimulating conversation for elevated hours. So it's just yeah, you know, it's about working with young people to me, as we were just discussing. And that's it. It's about staying yeah. young, honestly. So it's like when when I found my first success in career, the one I was making a lot of money in. The reason why I succeeded is because I was, you know, mentoring people. I was like a manager, right? So I'm like motivating salespeople to get on the grind. And the reason why I, success, I was successful is because I was doing that grind also. You know, like I did the same job as them. And I was able to teach them how to do the job and like make money at it. You know, what type of mindsets you need, what type of, uh, you know, mood you need to be in in order to do a proper pitch type of thing. I love working with young people. I wish I could find like fucking 20 young people that I could just like turn into financial advisors and just like make them like fucking teach people finances. Like that's my dream. All right. You, you know? know how to accomplish just, that like, dream, get bro. out there and you're going to want to become an influencer. Get on social media. You're probably going to want to be on TikTok. 
I'm just going to throw that one out there. Yeah. You see what I'm saying, though? Yeah, it, all, it all boils back to the same I know, shit. I know. Now, can you go out there and find that. a bunch of 20-year-olds in real life? Kind of. You can go to universities <laughs> and play that grind, I guess. Like, I don't mean the creepy one, like the Ew, post of flyer. university students? Like... You know? So, like, where else are you finding people? <laughs> I'm saying this is, like, I'm 34. Uh, was... How am I going to go find a bunch of 20-year-olds? Do you think they're inviting me to parties? No. At the rap show, it's probably not really the group I'm looking for. You know, you know what's helpful? TikTok. Yeah. All these other places. Being yeah. on Instagram you know has helped right. me a lot. The... So I'm, I'm going to let you reset your sound. It's a bit scratchy. Mm. But uh, I'll talk in the meantime. <laughs> there's there's a 24-year-old who, who like works the front desk at the office that we work that we rent from. Okay. And I've been trying to get on the like the lowdown with this kid forever. He's a cool guy, we vibe. Yeah, so unfortunately, I don't think your sound got picked up because I had to reset the sound thing. So all that was you just like talking, but then it didn't uh, it's get all good. Up. That's good. It's good because I don't. I don't really like what I said. So awesome. <laughs> Honestly, though, I'm so, not, so I, there's this. Yeah, sorry, go on. Oh, it's okay. No, there's this young. I, I get what you're saying. Like, there's this young guy who works at the front desk at the office I work at. He's like 24, and I, I vibe with him well. But like at work, so maybe that's just like an at work like professional like image that he's giving that he's a cool guy he, he's a dj you know he's smart he's going to university he does marketing like he's he's in the music biz so like i'm always like oh like you know i'm gonna come crash your fucking dj vibes one night and he's always like avoiding it <laughs> but he's always like yeah no please don't don't ever come near like where i am yeah it's too exclusive you need to reserve like get out of here <laughs> That's it. But if you were so like, like uh, but if you, I'm not cool anymore. However, <laughs> if you had 50,000 followers on TikTok, you'd be cool enough. Yeah. Then he'd be like, yo, here's my boy Renee. Like, yeah. Welcome but to I don't, I don't know if the financial game, you can get 50,000, you know, viewers on TikTok. I mean, it's like, arguably, that's, that's, uh, you could probably pull that faster like, than I could like, with music. Right now, probably because all I'd have to do is some like satirical, nah, bro. You do a combination, so you do a combination of like this you take the current trends and you make them yourself, like finance shit. So if they're doing the top three trend, you do a top three for finance, top three questions I can ask as a financial. Oh, so like I I make like a wordle, but with like a financial like term, that would be a way to paraphrase (laughs) it. Yeah, another thing you do is the green screen rent. So you take a green screen of a news article or a thing and you just commentary on it with your knowledge and then you do a low key education yeah. thing and you just mix that three kinds trend hopping with those two other kinds of content and boom, you probably could get to a sizable audience of people. That, though. Yeah. So I see what you mean. If I talk in, in generalities, I, I could do that. You can go the, the big thing with our industry is because I'm, no, 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 no. I, I can't talk against like other things and things that exist. I have to always be objective and be like, all of these products have a purpose. And this purpose might, might not be for you, but in this case, it is not. But there is a value to these products. Right. So, so I just have to be like careful with really my valuable. wording. Well, of course, you're in content. You're supposed to be careful with your wording. <laughs> but like, Regardless of that part, it's like, yeah, no, for real. Like a lot of that shit is pretty like dope 
in terms of potential to grow because it really is. It's just we don't see it like that because of whatever. But you you just make parts. But I see these guys online. But, but I see these guys online who are just so much better than me at like doing the video, explaining things, you know, the editing, taking the time. And it's just like, I don't want to just throw in my like garbage two cents just to get like increase my business. I feel like there's enough content out there that I can just send people towards valuable content instead of me creating that myself, which won't be as good as that video. I mean, that's a big old yet. So I, I guess there's, there's a, a lot yet. of... You're not saying the word yet, and that's the flaw in your logic. You would ultimately mm-hmm. get better if you started. You don't have to, like, pro- Maybe I don't want to do that. Well, if you want 20 year olds. Well, I'm going to experiment. So, this is what I say. It's like, if you want those 20 year olds, this is a great way to accomplish it. And if you're sucky, you can get better. But, but hold all- on. So, so, I'd love to do that. I'd love to help all these 20 year olds and things like that. The reality is, though, 20-year-olds aren't good for business because who do 20-year-olds know? Other 20-year-olds. What do 20-year-olds have? They don't have money, that's for sure. They're all fucking broke, going to school, you know, things like that. So from a business point of view, and this is what sucks in the financial industry. People who need this knowledge and help and things like that, they're not worth our time because we're just not making money off. And that's why we created the financial education classes so people could just show up to that so we had to like create a central location and keep that running as like a pro bono you know and then that's like that's one of the biggest Bro, issues that i, think, that yeah, I hear from my peers like, my colleagues whenever we say our ideas because y'all miss playing some serious shit everybody's thinking short term fair enough i'm not telling the people how to eat but yeah. whoever targets those 20 year olds is rich in 10 years like beyond their dreams yep yeah, absolutely so it really depends <laughs> on how long-term you want to go with it. But showing it at this point, it, I do think it's a good time to cut it because i got to go do a couple other shits today. Yeah. Um, and I do enjoy this conversation. Nice talking to you, um, On that note, I do want to – do you have any, like, last words or shit you want to say to the people? Look, um, don't fall for the hype is, like, the one main, like, lesson I can tell anybody in, in finances – Everything sounds sweet. There's always a gold rush. There's always like some weird thing that's going to come out. Just know that these hype games is a game of hype potato, uh, hot potato. You come mm. in, then it gets hyped up. You got to get out before it drops, and and that's that's the reality. You know, if you're buying something that doesn't have substance, you're buying based on hype. So you have to understand that hype and where you are in it. So just like watch out, understand the products that you're buying. And just look at resources, man. Just like there's shit out there. There's so much stuff. Like just reach out to an advisor and talk to them. You don't like what the guy's saying? Fucking go to another one. Like that's that's how it works. Just don't fall for traps. Right. You know. Ask for help. It's like dating. Find one that you like. Facts. Exactly. I appreciate you all that are watching this. Uh, all the links are going to be in the description of the video so you can go learn more about their blog and their education and their fun, nifty, interesting stuff that they got going on on the site. Um, thank you all for being here, those of you that are still with us. And those of you watching this in the future, we appreciate you as well. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, comment, all that good shit. On that note, everyone, it has been a blast. So live long and prosper, everyone. Thank you.